That's at 70% of Americans, though they don't want to overturn Roe v. Wade, yet 70% of Americans are in favor of a 12-week ban. I believe that decision should be made by the person who's pregnant Mm -hmm. with their care team, with their family, because I can't tell you why every single person got an abortion. I don't know why. You pointed to the origins of the pro-life movement. How do you feel about the origins of the pro-choice movement? Religion to them, they, they, they already had trauma in their childhood. Religion becomes a, a, a vice of sorts and they go super radical and then they just swap that out and then they're doing, then they're doing other things that are so. I came out to my pastor said I was struggling with my sexuality. He called me an abomination and said never to come back. No. So here's my thoughts on, you tell me, you tell me what you think. Okay. Um, the ban in Mississippi. Okay. Was 16 weeks. Okay. And they pushed back against the ban. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, something like that. And ironically enough... That was six weeks. Maybe it was 16. I, I think it was 15 or 16. Okay. We should, I should Google that. Zach, can you Google that? Jamie! Yeah, we need a fact checker here. <laughs> uh, Mississippi abortion ban, 16 weeks. Uh, what... Um, the one that went, the, the one that got it, Roe v. Wade to the Supreme Court. And find the news source that, that makes me look good and <laughs> Ruslan look bad. What was the ban? <laughs> uh, Infowars. Mississippi, is it 15 weeks or 16 weeks? Mississippi law makes most abortions 15 weeks. Okay. So they were proposing a 15 week ban. Okay. They pushed against it. And how it went up to the Supreme Court is pushing against a 15 week ban, right? And, yeah. and the ironic part about this mm-hmm. is most of Europe has a 15 week ban. Okay. So Europe has a 15-week ban for abortion, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm not talking uh, Christian nationalist states in America. I'm sure. talking Europe, mm-hmm. France, Spain. 12 weeks, 14 weeks, 15 weeks, 13 weeks. And so no this, exceptions after that. I'm just curious. Like after I think 15 weeks, I think, there's I think no there's, exceptions. I think there's exceptions for like women's like 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 if you're gonna for sure die. Like okay. I think there's some exceptions yeah, for that. Not very familiar um, with their laws. Ironically enough, Israel has a a fairly uh, conservative law, but then you can get a doctor's exemption like way late. So they kind of got this bizarre like both sides thing. Okay. So anyway, um, so they 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 have this they have this um, they're pushing back against sixteen weeks when most of Europe is at fourteen, some twelve, uh-huh. and there was a stat. That's at seventy percent of Americans, though they don't want to overturn Roe v. Wade, yet seventy percent of Americans are in favor of a twelve-week ban. Ah, uh, okay. Are you sure about that? I know Pew Research. I don't think was twelve weeks. Last oh, time oh, I checked, oh. I, I I think it was like the idea of like um, abortion with some kind of regulation. I don't think it was super specific. The one that I read Rest- but- restrictions at twelve weeks. I think I think like the, the twelve weeks kind of like the cutoff, and then they were okay with certain instances of abortion. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I believe that. I, I, could, I could dig that up for you. Yeah, whatever. Because um, I remember covering it, and it was like a graphic. And yeah, Anyway, so so this is my thought. So I, I think what happened was, I think they played themselves. I think the, the, the pro-choice lobby played themselves in, in miscalculating that there was already Supreme Court justices and fighting for a ban in Mississippi, which is a very conservative state. Had they let that ban stand at 16 weeks in Mississippi, which is more liberal than most of Europe, uh-huh. it would have never made it to the Supreme Court, and Roe v. Wade wouldn't ever got overturned. So, from my vantage point, uh-huh. I think it was hubris at its finest. Uh-huh. I think they should have just left it alone, and they would have still had Roe v. Wade. So, uh-huh. what do you, what do you think about that? Just without the getting into details of abortion. Oh, uh, sure. I mean, well, there's there's been a push since um, 
really the 80s because abortion was not really a, a cultural war talking point until Jerry Falwell made it one in the moral majority movement. Um, there's always been a push in evangelical spaces to overturn Roe Ro v. Wade. Can you pull your little thing back? It looks. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I off here? It's just, it just looks a little funky. My hanging, bad, hanging my bad. Oh, uh, this guy here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this better? I just didn't want you looking looking crazy. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're looking yeah. out for me. I appreciate yeah. that. Am I um, cool now? Yes. So so you are right in that um, they definitely took abortion and made it like the issue. Yeah. Before that, it was seg I mean, that, segregated schools. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's right. And yep. they, did, they did do that. Um, do you think the invent of the sonogram and the movie Silent Screams uh, had anything to do with that becoming the issue? Meaning that up until that point, it was like Christian's... Uh, I, I even think Southern Baptist. Yeah, SBC for almost 10 years, uh, no problems. Qu qu quivering? Was that what they kind of did to cut off at? Um, abortion was promoted, permitted until quivering. Um, oh, I, I honestly, I don't know. Yeah, because I remember... Uh, what, is it, what is the dude's name? Oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Phil. Phil from... Uh, Vischer? Phil Vischer. Holy Post. Holy Post mm -hmm. said that he holds the position of exceptions for rape, exceptions for... Incest, yada yada. That was the position I think he said of the Southern Baptist. Or the, the SBC's take was pretty much that abortion should be allowed if it endangers the life or well-being, including emotional health of the mother. Mm -hmm. And then over, you can see that like the revisions over like year after year as like the, I guess the situation yeah, changed yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, to eventually become like the more typical pro-life movement. Um, and then also, I know that Christianity Today did a. I think a 15 or 20 person like uh, scholar debate on like a, on one of their issues of like, is abortion in the Bible or not? And they were all pretty much like, it's pretty inconclusive. Like it should be a personal choice and like it should be up to like essentially the person who's pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I know that like that was kind of the position for a lot of people for a long time. It obviously has shifted now. You're talking about that numbers verse about the woman with the I, I swollen belly and I don't think it's thing. that one because even, even like people, like I think actual biblical scholars, regardless of their position on abortion, would say that's not really talking not about, really that. about that. It's not really a good yeah. take. Okay. Uh, I know that there's a verse in Exodus, I think, that references something. But again, I don't want to speak out of my no, 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 where I'm fair. at. I, I just don't know. Okay. Um, just to answer your question, yeah. though, you know, um, essentially what I, I guess my angle would be that that we've all known for a long time there's been a big push to get the Supreme Court full of people who were, who, would be, who would be open to overturning Roe v. Wade. Sure. Uh, and there's a lot of documentation of just the funding and money that went into putting specific justices in front of Trump to get them on the court. And then they pushed against that. Um, then they that's when the Mississippi thing became a thing mm -hmm. to go up to the Supreme Court yep. to get overturned. I, I do know that according to Pew, for sure, this I definitely know as a fact, according to the research, I should say, you know, it's all re research driven. The only group of people in America out of any religious group in the affirmative, meaning the majority wanted Roe v. Wade overturned, were white evangelical Protestants. Uh -huh. No other religious group ever, um, Muslims, Jews included, uh, were in the majority on that. So, so definitely wasn't a popular decision. So my question to you is, yeah. do you think... Is there someone at the door? Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, my question to you is, do you think that when Silent Scream came out, okay, which was in the 80s, all right. And you saw a 12-week abortion. Uh -huh. The nation got to see a 12-week abortion. Uh -huh. That the access to technology yeah. and information is what's changing people's perception on this. Live Nation has really good content. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, where they show people what an abortion looks like uh -huh. at, different, at different stages. Uh -huh. They show the procedure. And it's great content, but it seems like the more people are aware of what's physically happening, the more they shift and take a, a harsher stance against it yeah you're asking a question i've never been asked before because i just don't i never i don't even know about the movie you're talking about i was born in 88 so i don't i don't know okay. uh th that definitely could be a part of uh 
It's like out of sight, well, out of mind. What's interesting you know what I mean? though is that like I think statistically, uh, you know, again, like Roe v. Wade was was a popular decision that mm -hmm. most people wanted upheld. In, so, in 1972 is when it, it passed, right? Uh, yeah, I used to have the shirt that said, you know, the date uh, 73. I think 73. it was silence yeah. underneath. Um, um, Let me see when Silent Scream came out. Okay, oh. yeah, go ahead. Um, I mean, it could be. Um, sure, yeah, I, I don't know. That's my honest answer. I don't know. No, that's fair. Because I, I, I don't. I, I cause, don't know. Because most. So 1984 is, is. So this is like technology's finally advancing. They release the silent scream yeah. and they show, um, basically a a a, um, a son. Is it a sonogram? Is that what it's called? Yeah. They show the sonogram of a, an actual abortion taking place, mm -hmm. and this this seems to be. When this comes out, this seems to be when it like unlocks and more people become aware of why abortion is bad. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, like because before that, like you don't really know what's in there. You don't know how developed the baby is. Mm -hmm. You're guessing, uh -huh. you know. And so I think like I think there's something that happens in that window from Roe v. Wade passing, and then the '80s and the technology advancing, and now we have 40 sonograms, which I'm not sure how familiar you are with the, with the pro-life movement, but they say one of the most effective ways to deter abortion is by simply parking a 40 sonogram uh, van in front of uh, an abortion clinic yeah, and just giving out four, free 40 sonograms. yeah, And then mothers will come see their baby and be like, yeah, no, like that's that, that's a human in there, uh -huh. right? So I, I, I guess I'm saying all this to say like, there seems to be a consensus on something that people are ignorant about. Okay. Right? And because they're ignorant about and they don't know what a a seven-week fetus has 10 fingers, 10 toes, you know what I mean? Their eyeballs are developed. And a 12-week fetus, I mean, that's a that's that's a that's a baby in there. Uh -huh. That's 12 weeks, right? Um, that you, when people don't know, then you don't know what you don't know. And so if you're ignorant of what's happening and how brutal the procedure can be, and and all these things that's when people seem to shift. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I literally have never thought about I, okay. I don't know is my answer. I, I think it's reasonable. Let's put it yeah. that way. I, I you think want, it, you, we could watch Silent Scream. No, if no, you no. Want. I'm not... No, I'm not saying that. It's, not, it's, just, it's just a 40 no, what, what I'm trying. No, what I'm trying to say is yeah. like, I... Yes, I, I, it seems like it's a reasonable thing. I don't know if that's what's driven the push. But even... I mean, I guess what I would say is like, I'm not sure maybe how... I, I'm trying to answer your questions. Being asked a question I've never really been asked before, sure. so I'm, that's why I'm kind of stuttering sure. here. But I guess what I would say is, like, as far as I'm aware, uh, abortion is still like, you know, the majority are still in favor of having some access to abortion rights. We can say Correct. in some way, shape, or form. Correct. Um, so I'm not sure maybe how effective those videos were because you would think that if they were as effective as you thought, like it'd be like a universal like whoa, like this is a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I certainly could say maybe it was another ingredient in the growth of the pro-life movement. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair yeah, way yeah, to say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, I that's think, fair. I, 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 the only point I'm trying to make is like, the, the it seems like the more information we get, the more people's minds change. Uh, uh, this is a, a bad parallel. Okay. <laughs> well, we've had a few of those today. Okay. Yeah. Hypothetically, someone grows up in the Confederate South. They don't know any black people. All of a sudden, they have black friends. Their mind changes about black people. Yeah, right. So I'm saying in the same way, you you don't know that what what that's in there until you see a movie of an abortion taking place, uh -huh. and then your mind your mind can change. It could change, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, there, and and just to be fair, when you go and research it on your own, there was definitely uh, pushback 
in saying that because it was called silent scream that that wasn't accurate because the baby can't actually scream and uh -huh. when you see the baby in the video uh open its mouth there's no way to prove that it felt pain and yada yada, uh -huh, yada. Uh -huh. so there was definitely pushback against the film as well yeah. um but it, it seems like the more people get to know the, the the particulars of the issue and get to know what the procedure is and get to know um the 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 additional ramifications on the woman's body and all these things that the more information people have, the more clarity they have, even outside of just a religious paradigm, right? Mm -hmm. Like even outside of a faith-based paradigm. Yeah, I have seen I have seen a few accounts pop up in my feed that are like either atheists or humanists who are claiming like pro-life pretty much. Mm -hmm. I've seen like some of their videos and stuff. So I would I would say, yeah, I definitely have seen like a I'm not sure if it's a growth, but I noticed that, that these accounts exist beyond yeah. the typical Christian pro-life sure. uh, ethic. But I think that they're still in the obviously the minority yeah. regarding like their own I don't know. People groups is that even the right yeah. word. I don't know. Yeah, I I I ran, so I went down the rabbit hole of this because oddly enough, my therapist is like a huge pro life advocate, and I didn't know this until after the time of Roe v. Wade. Oh. And then I kind of went and did the because all, all, only information I had about the pro life movement was like, oh, Jerry Falwell bait and switched it with segregation, right? And now here we are, and it's like, no, there's a whole there's decades of stuff in between then that got it to where it is today. Uh huh. You Interesting. Know? Um. So anyway, so in terms of abortion. Um, you are pro-choice. Yeah, you're pro-choice legally. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But on a personal level, would you say you're against abortion? No. Okay. Uh, in fact, my my own um the story of my wife getting pregnant actually changed my perspective on this. Okay. Ironically. Okay. So my wife got pregnant. We have two beautiful kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was our first appointment ever. Uh, as you know, people who are now pregnant, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. Yeah. And the nurse was like, the doctor was like, really thorough, hour long, just like you know, intake kind of thing. And they mentioned, they're like, hey, um, you know, just so you know, we test for all these things, yada, yada, yada. And we test for this one, like, I think a genetic thing that essentially, and I'm blanking on the name of what they call it, but the, what the doctor told us was like, listen, depending on if this thing comes back positive or not, and depending on what level it is, um, there's like, it goes from a 80% to 100% chance of non-viability once it's born. Okay. And I go, okay. And they go, and so if that came back, you'd have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Oh, Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, luckily our son was not tested positive. Mm -hmm. But if that test came back positive, especially it was very early, but I think it was like we were at week six or eight. Mm -hmm. I would much rather that decision of what my wife should do mm -hmm. be between my wife, who is the one pregnant, mm -hmm. me and the doctor, mm -hmm. than the state saying I should do anything one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Whether that would be, sorry, you have to give... Uh, you have to bring this fetus to full term because mm -hmm. it has a heartbeat, mm -hmm. even though you know you're going to give birth to a, most likely or definitely a stillborn baby. Mm -hmm. um, or the, the government saying, no, you have to have an abortion right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. That was one of the moments. This was early on, maybe you know four or five years ago for me where I went, ooh, you know, maybe this is a little more of a nuanced conversation than some people just want to murder babies and, mm -hmm. and other people just are fighting to the death to protect, you know, I just don't think it's always that black and white. Mm -hmm. And so because it's a medical thing, because there are, are contexts and things involved in a situation that I'm not privy to, mm -hmm. I think ultimately that that decision should be left up to the person who is pregnant and their medical team and their family, because it's, I wouldn't know the context that led them to that decision. Okay. That's kind of my overall, of course, listen, there are always exceptions. I don't think that, I don't think someone should be able to go um, at week 49, you know, and just say, hey, I'm bored. Uh, can week we just 49. go ahead and, oh, sorry, uh, 39. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I was I like, obviously, was that I, a joke? Or? I've obviously never been <laughs> pregnant before and okay. we, we couldn't tell, you know, but like, you know, I'm, I, I think like, yeah, sure. We, I'm, I'm not one of these people who's like, 
hey, we, nothing should be regulated here. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I do think that like the pro-life movement I grew up in was very much like, I mean, I had a shirt mm -hmm. that said in all caps, abortion is homicide. Mm -hmm. And on the back had like, you know, you won't silence my message. You'll, you'll stop. You won't mock my God. You'll stop killing my yeah. generation. Yeah. And that experience with my partner taught me like, you know what? Sometimes what happens there is not what's going on on that t-shirt. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the experience that led me to rethink like ultimately, yes, it's definitely a weighty decision. Obviously we're talking about things that are important. I don't want to devalue, you know, um, what's happening inside or anything like that. But sometimes things come back with technology mm -hmm. uh, where people are put in impossible scenarios. Or I'll give you one more quick example. Mm -hmm. This is not as common, but it still happens. Mm -hmm. There was recently a story in Time Magazine of a, a seventh grader who was essayed. Mm -hmm. um, she was pregnant. She hit it beyond 15 weeks because she was so terrified. Mm -hmm. She got so sick she was vomiting. Her mom found out uh, that she was pregnant, and because there was no clinic in the area, they they couldn't afford to drive three hours to you know have an abortion. Mm -hmm. And the seventh grader is now a mom mm -hmm. at seventh grade, mm -hmm. which obviously could have torn her body apart. You know, your body isn't really formed then. So there are also times like that where things like that happen. That I go, mm -hmm. yeah, um, I'm not saying that it's not like a weighty decision. I'm not saying we shouldn't wrestle through it, mm -hmm. but like I'm not the one who had no nothing consensual happen to me and mm -hmm. now has to live with something that could be either bodily life-changing mm -hmm. or, you know, how does that child grow up? How mm -hmm. does that child have a mother who's what, 12 years old? You know, how does that work? Mm -hmm. What's their social status like? So those are some of the things I think have shifted my take of like um, always outlawed almost always to like, well, I just don't think it's my call to make those incredibly tough decisions. Do you think that if someone's child has Down syndrome or autism and they get test for that, that that's an appropriate reason to get an abortion? Yeah, I don't think. Uh, listen, I, I want to be clear to whoever's listening to this on my end. Like, I am not the person who's pregnant. Okay, I understand that. Um, these are just some of my thoughts as I'm thinking about them out loud. I know, like in Iceland, there was a big thing about this where they were getting concerned because they were testing for Down syndrome and people were just aborting. You know. And some of the ethicists who were not Christian were like, are we playing God? Like, where does this get I mean, to the so line? It sounds like eugenics. You know, I, I think that there are conversations where it's like, hey, we're flirting with some things that could be a little dangerous Fair. here, you know? So I, I don't think that those are necessarily, you know, um, like good reasons. I also want to add one more thing. I think this kind of goes maybe, I think maybe you and I would have agreement here. Mm -hmm. I think that what adds to this pro, uh, situation is when, you're in a country, and I can't talk about ice. I'm talking about America, mm -hmm. where if there is something, you know, um, abnormal, I guess we could say, mm -hmm. um, you don't know how you're going to afford the health care. You don't know how you're going to afford the, the 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 not being able to work two jobs to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. So I can understand the pressure of someone who's like, okay, I am 12 weeks pregnant, mm -hmm. and I have no clue how like I could make this work in mm -hmm. any single way possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that the option for me is to do this. I understand that, mm -hmm. but I also like you agree. I, I, like you said, I, I do think we have to be wise when we navigate things that can be very complex and nuanced. If does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think you're, I think what happens is you're pointing to horrific situations, right? Like your wife having to carry a non-viable pregnancy yeah. that she knows is going to be a, like, that's, that's awful. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the flip side of that is when we're looking at the numbers and who and who is having the abortions. Mm -hmm. 
45% of abortions are by women who've previously had abortions, mm -hmm. right? So would you say we shouldn't have abortion on demand as birth control? Well, I and this, I think, is the major problem that I have with people, not you, I'm going to be clear about that, uh -huh. but maybe politicians who claim to be pro-life. Uh -huh. When you're... When you're fighting access to affordable health care, that would include birth control. Mm -hmm. When you don't want sex ed taught in schools, when you mm -hmm. don't want any of those things, and then you also want to limit like a, a what should be, I think, for a lot of people in a perfect world, a last resort or an, something is is not right, mm -hmm. right? Like what what do we expect to happen? Mm -hmm. You know, like what do we expect? I mean, there are people, many people in the Christian space who are like, hey, sex, abstinence is the only way. We're not going to support affordable birth control for women. Like, mm -hmm. sorry, not going to, we, 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 Hobby Lobby did this uh, with, with Obamacare because mm -hmm. they saw it as, as in a, uh, what's the word, abortificant or, uh, they saw it as, as, as abortion essentially. Oh, okay. You know, and, and so they're like, no, we shouldn't have to provide, yeah. um, you know, um, birth control pills to, to our employees. Mm -hmm. Like, guys, we, we, we could, we could easily make abortion accessible to people who need it mm -hmm. and greatly reduce the need for maybe we can say unnecessary abortion. I mean, I'm using language on, on the fly here mm -hmm. by expanding things that we all know absolutely work mm -hmm. and somehow we don't. So mm -hmm. that's kind of my take on that. So at, at what point do you think it becomes morally reprehensible or wrong or evil to, to terminate an unborn pregnancy? I don't know. Viable, baby's going to be healthy, all of it. I don't know, because in the case of that seventh grader, right, because she was so terrified and didn't tell her mom, you know, I think it was like week like 20, mm -hmm. right? So, but again, like, what do we do in that situation? Like, that's like very difficult. So do, I, I you, don't you, know. You punish the baby for the sins of the rapist dad? Do you punish the girl for the sins of the rapist dad? I have a feeling that... Because that dad's in prison. Good. That girl's probably in poverty. I think he should be t terminated. Okay. Um, I'm just saying like... I, I, I think this is where it gets sticky in this conversation because once I will say like, well, you're you're arguing that you want to kill uh, a, a human mm -hmm. uh, to save for someone else. And what I'm trying to say is like, honestly, if it comes down to like a seventh grader who has to live with the lifelong trauma of what happened to her, mm -hmm. you know, or like a, a fetus that is 12 weeks old, I understand why that decision could happen. I don't, yeah. I, it's I'm, not my decision to make is what I'm trying to say. Right, right, what I'm saying is, I don't think two wrongs make a right. I don't think that you punish the person that's that had nothing to do with the situation, which is the baby, the most vulnerable in the situation because of the father. And then how many do you how many people you know that almost aborted but kept their baby? Uh I don't really know. We don't okay. I don't really, I don't know. I know quite a few. Hmm. Like close friends. Yeah. I don't know anyone that regrets not having the abortion. Okay. I don't know anyone that <laughs> you, you, you get what I'm saying. Totally, but I guess my this comes back to a very simple point. All I'm asking is who makes that decision? Who has the autonomy to make that call? The government or the person okay. who has been violated? That's all I'm asking you. Who who gets to make that call? Yeah, we have, we have laws all the time restricting people from bodily autonomy. That's what I'm asking you. I'm saying yeah, 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 in the yeah. case of the seventh grader, yeah. who has the say? Oh, in what oh happens who, to who them? has the say? Yeah, does the government have the, government. the right to say? The government yeah, does. The government, I think so. Yeah, in, in, in the same way. Um, if a, if a, if if someone's wants to drink, that's their prerogative. If someone wants to drink and drive, the government steps in and goes, "No, you're not allowed to do that," uh -huh. because there's other people at play. There's other people at risk. Uh huh. Right. So I, I would categorize abortion in the same exact. Oh yeah, spot. I wouldn't see it that way. Why not? All the reasons I just said. 
I just said them already. You know, okay. a seventh grader being violated with a fetus inside of them, uh -huh. I think has the right to determine what happens to that fetus. Why? Because it's inside of them and it was planted inside of them without consent. Okay. Like literally that seven-year-old or seventh grader has to live with the memories of an old, an adult man, mm -hmm. right? She's gonna live with the, I mean, she's going to live with the memories regardless. Egg, right. And right? then she also has to take the risk of giving birth as a seventh grader, which okay. is incredibly risky, okay. where she could bleed out, okay. where she could have some serious problems, sure. where it could be too late by the time yeah. they get there. So what all I'm trying to say is that in these situations that are incredibly complicated with many layers, mm -hmm. I don't think it's the government's right or job to say, sorry, we're going to make the call on what happens to you mm -hmm. for the rest of your life because it's something that you could not control. Mm -hmm. The government often and like we, like I just mentioned, restricts all types of autonomy. Sure. Right. So I guess my, my my question is like I don't I don't understand the need to. It, it, again, it it just really does seem like you 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 fix a wrong by doing another wrong. I don't think it's wrong. That's the difference do, that we well, have. Well, why? What do you mean? Why, why do you not think it's wrong? You think it's you think it's wrong because, because given the evil... circumstances, there's really no winning. There's no sure good there solution. Sure, there is. No, forcing a seventh a seventh grader to give birth is is the right solution. Uh, uh, is that again, the moral take? Again, is that the moral take? How how many teenage mothers do you know who were in seventh grade when they were SA'd and forced to give birth? Yeah. I know sixteen year olds, maybe okay. maybe one. Uh -huh. I know eighteen year olds. Okay, a seventh grader, I know of none. Okay. Do you think it's uh you, you know you don't know of none I don't know of any seventh graders to be fair but I do know a lot of people that were teenage mothers and grew up and figured it out and and they don't regret having their kids again though all I'm saying is it's just not your call like it's not okay. your decision to make but that you, decision but do, you, but do you think it's reasonable to point to the fringe examples of less than two percent of cases which are from rape incest and uh, the mother's health being at risk. And then using those to make emotionally charged arguments for the other ninety-eight percent. Oh, cases. so now we're, okay, we're going to shift the argument. So the ninety-eight percent, ninety-five percent of abortions happen before six weeks. Okay. So why do you think Republicans use it's not, the? It's not that high. Yes, it's it's nineties for sure. It's, it's in ninety-two. I think it's be, be, be below ten. Weeks. I know that one percent of abortions happen in the third trimester. Uh huh. One percent. Sure. And that doesn't stop the RNC debate from saying yeah. they want on-demand up-to-birth abortions. Okay, mm -hmm. when you're when you have an abortion abortion. At the third trimester, I've talked to many healthcare providers. Mm -hmm. Something has gone catastrophically wrong. Mm -hmm. You have a nursery, you are ready, mm -hmm. and then that happens. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the, the, even this conversation I, I found of like, well, there are people who just want you know uh, the baby can be born alive and yeah, they can yeah. just. Okay, I'm not, I'm not making that argument. I'm not saying you are, okay. but like, do you push against that as well as much as you're pushing against me for using this? I think, I think, example? I think, I think, generally speaking, ending a human life is wrong. Abortion ends a human life, uh -huh. and therefore it's wrong. Okay, across the board. Yeah, no ends for buts. Incest, no. rape doesn't matter. No, yeah, I would disagree on that. Yeah. Frankly, actually. and so and so, I think I think what what it comes down to is what are we prioritizing? Are we prioritizing the woman's bodily autonomy? Are we prioritizing and her well being and her, her emotional support? Her, her emotional support. Are we her physical health opportunity for going to college? Or are we are prioritizing a vulnerable baby that doesn't have any voice Dude, I, and, and any autonomy. I think and this is where I, this is where it gets tricky for me because I don't want to come across as someone who sounds callous or is trying to sound like harsh or even like like dehumanizing, mm -hmm. you know? But and maybe I'll get in trouble for this. I don't know, but like you know as a 6-week-old zygote, mm -hmm. I don't think has the same level, 
right, of human value and put in that situation of it was planted there not consensually in this seventh grade where I have to give birth. I get, I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not even mm -hmm. saying it's black and white. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying how I can understand how someone can make a different decision that I might have made mm -hmm. and that they should have the right to do that given the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like we have to be so, able to but, recognize well, well, why that. Why shouldn't someone be allowed to drink and drive? What? Do, what? Why shouldn't someone be allowed to drink and drive? Sorry. What, what did they, they, man, they had a long day. They got into an argument with their spouse. Their work is hard. They're stressed out. They had a few people who drink and drive do so consensually. They drink consensually. Okay. They drink enough to drive. Sure. We're talking about something that happened to someone. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the rape. In 90, like, say, like, say, say the pro life hypothetical. There are a lot of reasons that say, 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 say the pro life movement conceded and was like, you know what? Rape, incest, fine. You can have those. Would you then condemn the other 98% of rape? No, sometimes, uh, the, uh, sometimes the condom breaks. Sometimes whatever happened wasn't... Mm -hmm. And there are times where people... I've heard stories, again, mm -hmm. from women who are like, yeah, I can't say it was SA, mm -hmm. but like he was not supposed to do that. That wasn't mm -hmm. planned. Mm -hmm. And now that guy's gone, and now I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so, but I, I think... Just so you know, I want to be sure I'm very clear on here. Mm -hmm. I do not, I'm not one of these people who's like... Hey man, like shout your abortion. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's that's not my, my particular stance mm -hmm. on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. My take is that let's get real pragmatic. Let, let's agree on something that we both agree on. We want to see less abortions in America. Mm -hmm. I certainly do. Mm -hmm. There are easy ways to do that. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not opposed and so to sex ed and all well, that kind of stuff. That's what frustrates me though, is, yeah. that, is that my experience of the pro-life movement, mm -hmm. right, is heavy on pushing for policies to take away someone's potential necessary right to do something that they wouldn't agree with that they call abortion mm -hmm. versus saying, hey, let's get affordable childcare in place. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's get affordable access to contraception in place. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's educate people on sexual responsibility. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's do our best to make sure that if an unplanned pregnancy happens, mm -hmm. right, they are fully supported by our society. Those are not policies mm -hmm. that we see being pushed. And in fact, whenever they are offered up, mm -hmm. usually the talking point from the pro-life, like adjacent right-wing media talk radio side mm -hmm. is that socialism, that's communism, that's a nanny state. Mm -hmm. So I really see this as like, Pragmatically, I'm like, guys, we could we could easily we can merge these two things. Mm -hmm. Like, it could be a both and here. Mm -hmm. But if I'm if I'm forced to be on like one side of this issue or or the other, mm -hmm. for where I land now compared to where I was, mm -hmm. is I believe that decision should be made by the person who's pregnant mm -hmm. with their care team with their family because I can't tell you why every single person got an abortion. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, yeah. right? And it's, frankly, it's not my job. Oh, sorry, my phone's going off. Nor am I responsible for that yeah. ultimately. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I understand how you see it. I'm just saying, logically speaking, it doesn't seem like there's a strong cutoff anywhere in the pro in your process. That's what you're telling me. You're saying that in certain instances, the state has a right to set restrictions on certain acts, but in this one, it's okay. I'm, I've conceded sure. that I've conceded that it's complicated at times, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 I would say I don't I don't know what your interactions were like with the pro life movement. I'm I'm. Uh, I partner with two organizations, liveaction.org yeah. and the Human Coalition, both mm -hmm. of which do stuff to support mothers, both of which do stuff to help well, vape, uh, diapers. Right. And, Not legislatively, you know I mean? though, like personally, and that's the problem. It, well, I, the thing about legislatively, which is a whole other can of worms, we can come back to it, is like, who pays for it? Thank you. Right? And here we are. This no, is no, no, exactly no, no, my no, point. No, 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 no. But, but let, me, let, me, let, me just, let me just pose, pose it this way. Let me just pose, pose it this way. way. Um, the Scandinavian, Scandinavian nations. They have more safety nets, support systems, so on and so forth, right? They also pay more in taxes, right? Which is like, if we as a society collectively come to the place of, hey, uh, you're willing to see a 15% increase on your taxes, I'm willing to see a 15% increase on our taxes, we collectively say, we want to see 
more increase in taxes so that we could have these programs, I would, okay, cool. Like that's where we came to. I'm not opposed to those things intrinsically. I understand that there's a give and a take in terms of which policies are paid for, which policies are not paid for, what we provide, what we don't provide. I think the tough part is how do you get people to come to that conclusion to fund some of these things instead of the government printing trillions of dollars, not literally printing, but typing in trillions of dollars, which then the more money that comes to the economy, then you cause inflation, the dollar, people are already struggling, right? That, 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 that's what I'm getting at. But I think like if we collectively come to the place of like, hey, I think we should agree that uh, childcare should be whatever, right? Uh, childcare, universal healthcare, all these things. If we as a society collectively come to those conclusions, that's a that's a different conversation. The yeah. issue is, is a lot of stuff being proposed without a lot of, to your point, pragmatic ways of how and what it's going to get paid for. So then I understand why the private charities and the private sector is going to go, well, we'll step up and we'll care for mothers. Yeah, we'll but, step but up the and we'll do the childcare. The pro-life movement in particular is they support candidates who fight that stuff legislatively. Well, the, the pro-life movement the is, is not a monolith. Like there's a, there's all, there's a spectrum there in terms of who they do and don't support. Lila Rose, for example, has never publicly spoken about who she's voted for at all. And she's never yeah, but advocated she'll go on Ali Sucky's podcast. Okay. In support. Yeah. That, that's what I'm, and she, that's what and I'm trying she, to say. In support who? Ellie's. Yeah. Like, she'll go on as like, I would, go, know, on her, like I would, I would go on her podcast. Oh, for, yeah. I, <laughs> but there's stuff me and her disagree ah! on. But there's stuff me and her disagree on. What I'm trying to explain is, I guess, and, and by the way, sorry, my earpiece is falling out. I understand what you're saying, and I, I do not find the particular social safety net arguments super compelling from what uh -huh. you said for a lot of reasons. I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, what I will say is that. Well, I'm trying just, to, just just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. We do agree that printing more money is a bad idea. Uh, I would say it's more complicated than the narrative we've been given of like we're just printing money. That's not how a society. That's not how a government functions with their money. But yes, generally I mean, we speaking, should be, we should be wise in how we use our money to the best of our ability. I'll but generally speaking, the more you just create without a balancing a checkbook, the, the it's not as good for that for the value of the dollar. Yeah, i.e. Yeah. inflation. Yeah, I okay. think that's definitely part of it for okay. sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Like inflation is a problem. We all know that. Like okay. I know it's an issue. I'm. Okay. I feel the effects of okay. it myself. Cool. You know. So. I appreciate you. Conceding that point. No, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I'm not, I don't, um, anyway, yeah. Um, I'm also not an economist, so I don't want to, again, get too much out of my own lane. But, um, so, so, so is your, yeah, is, your is your position like just a hundred percent, whatever the woman feels is inside of her and what she wants to do with it is, is just on her? Like, there's no, should never be regulation? No, I said earlier that I'm I'm in support of like you know making sure that abortions access is safe, it's legal. I think that it should be, you know, I think that there should be. Um, I think that there should be policies written by medical experts, mainly OBGYNs, right, mm -hmm. who are in this world, mm -hmm. to say, hey, here's what we see. Here's what we think are really healthy policies that would promote the human flourishing as much as possible mm -hmm. and that would protect women uh, who uh, maybe are in need of an abortion. So, Do you, do you think I, the act of an abortion is healthy? What? Do you think the physical act— It can act, be. It could be healthy? If a woman is about to die— No, that's—again, the, again, for, the, for the average person having a viable— let me rephrase that. Do you think the act of an abortion against a viable pregnancy is healthy? Do I think an active abortion against a vile, like physically healthy to someone? Yes. Um, I I don't think it would be the healthiest, but I, <laughs> so it's not healthy. No, but I'm trying. I'm I'm misunderstanding. What are you actually asking me? I'm asking. You said healthy. I don't think there's anything healthy about an abortion. For the health of the mother is what I said. If a mother's about to die, that's different. Okay. Okay. I'm talking about a so viable what, pregnancy. So the, back you, to my so, answer. So, so so you leave the baby alone. The ba you 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 just you just leave the baby alone. Mm-hmm. It grows into a healthy functioning. You the sex, the six week old, the ten week old, the twelve week old, the twenty. You just yeah. leave it alone, and someone steps in and 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 and, and terminates that pregnancy. Yeah, that is not a healthy act. No, I would agree. It's That's, not that. That is a violent act. Yeah, it's an by act. definition, it's a violent act. 
it's about as violent as any kind of surgery, I guess, right? We're tearing open skin, ripping open flesh. Absolutely. Okay. Very right. violent. So, um, well, all right. Yeah. It's um, not the same as my ACL getting repaired, okay. Tim. It's not the same. Okay. Okay. So okay. what I'm my answer to your question, because uh-huh. right, you said you think I should be unregulated. What I'm uh-huh. saying is that I think the right people who see this stuff are medical experts should be part of writing the policies for how we regulate as a society. Okay. Once upon a time, lobotomies <laughs> were the right policy. Uh-huh. Now we look back at that act as barbaric and absolutely unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the medical consensus can change? Anything can change. Okay. So so were lobotomies wrong when the medical consensus? I don't was know. Okay? I wasn't alive when lobotomies were happening. Okay. I I, I, don't, were, I don't know even how to answer that. Are lobotomies wrong? Like, are the lobot- uh, frontal lobotomies wrong now? I have no idea even what how lobotomy even functions. Why it came they into go existence? In, what they it do did. something yeah, to your brain? I have brain an idea, but for this, bipolar is, this is one of the problems I have. Not with you, to be clear, because I like you. But one of the problems I have with this kind of content world that we're both a part of is that we have to become like overnight experts on things that like we would never think about. Sure. So I just don't know the answer to your question. That's I fair. just don't know. That's fair. And the same thing goes for the abortion conversation what i'm trying to say is like my take personally as a voting individual mm-hmm. is that i believe that ultimately mm-hmm. okay if if the dichotomy we're placed in right now mm-hmm. is you cannot get an abortion for any reason unless you're about to die mm-hmm. or you have the right to get an abortion based on whatever circumstance is happening for any reason that's crazy that's Tim. not the only take that was not the only take any reason Yes, I just people, said a second ago I'm for regulation. Okay, okay, okay. I missed that. My, my Sorry, right? I didn't know you missed that. No, it's okay. That's it's my okay. fault. But so I'm you to are say you like, are for certain regulation. I am for the right people writing the right regulations. Okay, okay. okay? okay. And I want to be clear about gotcha. that. What okay, I'm not okay, for okay. are politicians, right? Writing things that they have no clue what they're talking about. Okay. So I, I'm a big, and this is a, this is how I live my life in general. This is how mm-hmm. I am with my theology. Mm-hmm. I, and this is probably a fallacy. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize that, mm-hmm. but I am someone who tends to appeal to authority mm-hmm. because I know that it, it becomes very. First off, arrogant, it becomes ignorant when you start mm-hmm. talking about things that you're just not an expert on. Mm-hmm. Right? I am not an OBGYN. Mm-hmm. I am not a scientist. Mm-hmm. I cannot answer some of those questions. Mm-hmm. So my take really right now is actually, it's very simple for me as a human. As a human. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, if the, if the options we are currently facing in our country right now mm-hmm. is who has the say in when an abortion happens mm-hmm. or why it happens, mm-hmm. I would rather that decision be mm-hmm. mostly in the hands of the person who's pregnant with their team around them. Mm -hmm. And I would also support the right people who are experts in this writing, the right regulation to make sure that we're not toying around with, you know, um, what was the word that we used earlier? Um, about genetics. Yeah, you, you, yeah exactly. Genetics, yeah. Exactly. Genetics, of course, yeah. we want to be wise. We want to be, as Christians, we want to be wise in these decisions, okay? Uh-huh. But that's that's what I would land. I mean, that's really all there is you, to it for me. You pointed to the origins of the pro-life movement. How do you feel about the origins of the pro-choice movement? What, with the eugenics and yeah. stuff? Yeah, I, I've read a little bit up on that with, is it, who's it, Margaret Thatcher? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of very, stuff. Very, been, very racist, it's, disgusting lady. It's been pretty debunked, a lot of that stuff, though, too, uh, man. Yeah, Mark Driscoll did a whole thing on this. I did a deep dive on it. A lot of her takes that we see like out there are not like 100%, but again, I don't know much about her at all, mm-hmm. because as far as I know, she wasn't a Christian, and she doesn't fall into my purview of the work that I do online, mm-hmm. right? So I, I definitely could be wrong there. I have no problem admitting that, but have I done a deep dive on Margaret Thatcher and the, and the pro- choice movement i guess i have not to be fair okay yeah if, if if there was overt evidence that she was a eugenicist who wanted to deplete and decrease the black population yeah, problematic 100 percent. okay wrong bad so so okay so bad. well at least you're, you're, you're consistent okay, down with cool. margaret um <laughs> if that's the case <laughs> 
Sanger. Sanger. Yeah, yeah I, I said Sanger. Thatcher. Yeah. Who is Margaret Thatcher? I don't know who Margaret. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Fact you, Checker. Zach. I love Zach this fact, the fact Checker. I need right. one of these in my life. Jeez. Uh, okay. So, so it, 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 this is this is um, this is how, this is how I view it. All right. If we have to prioritize someone's autonomy over the unborn and all of these other variables that go into uh, decreasing birth rates, right? Um, the trauma on the woman's body after the fact, the very limited studies that even rape victims, the majority of, and they are limited to be fair, but the majority of rape victims end up choosing to keep their baby. Mm -hmm. I think I rather prioritize the unborn over the autonomy of the woman because I think the unborn is more vulnerable and I think has less voice, less anything. Having said that, obviously we want to prevent these from ever happening. And, and there's a maraud of ways that we can get there. I, my prediction, I think fast forward 50 years from now, abortion is not a thing. The, technolo the technological breakthroughs have happened. I think people have um, figured it out one way or another, right? And because they figured it out, this is not an issue. I think we look back at this and we look back at this time as a very dark, barbaric time mm. in our history. Mm. And I think a lot of what I'm hearing now is just rationalization and, uh, to your point, appeal to authority and all these different things. But I think fundamentally, like, the act, remove the politics. And I, I think that's a fair point, like politicians making decisions. I think the folks that I'm seeing advocating for these things are mothers themselves. The mm -hmm. most most active, most lively people in the pro-life movement are women who are mothers. Mm -hmm. So it's not dudes trying to control the right, woman's right. body. It's mm -hmm. like a lot of those are tropes. So that's how I would look at it. It's like if we have to prioritize and, and let's just say we got to pick the lesser of two evils. Women's autonomy and self-actualization, baby's autonomy to a shot at life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all the things that the Constitution... I think I'm prioritizing the uh -huh. unborn baby. Yeah. I think that's a more reasonable and con consistent take when you factor in life when you factor in leaving the life alone and not going in doing something to pull that life out i think that's a more reasonable and, and consistent take and it is and is more coherent with church history and the bible do you think that abortion is murder yes you do yeah yeah mm, i think i think i think it's obviously there's a spectrum on murder right so i think um i think there's uh if you got a um and it's going to sound crazy, so just bear with me, okay? But if you have a 90-year-old that is neglected and then dies, that's that's murder, right? Versus someone that goes in and kills a 5-year-old, right? Versus someone that kills a 1-year-old. Like, there's obviously a spectrum there, right? Of 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 of, of how those are dealt, dealt with in the, consequ in the eyes of the law, mm -hmm. right? So though I believe abortion is murder, because I think it ends an innocent human life, I think that is murder, I think the consequences for that wouldn't be the same as the mother that suffocates her five-year-old. It's interesting to me that you think that, though, because you made a lot of points about how it's a violent act, how, you know, it is murder, uh, yeah. all this stuff, yeah. and it's, bar you know, I think, I'm not sure if you used the word barbaric, but that was kind of the influx I got from you. I, I definitely said violent. Act. Yeah, violent, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just... I said barbaric why, history. Why really should correctly. the... I mean, why would the consequence be any different from someone who yeah, suffocates their five-year-old? when that's, you're, that's a, that's I mean, a I, I think you would argue that you're dismembering a child, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. your argument? Absolutely. So, so, like, why would you be more... Why would you be nice yeah, yeah, to the mother who who made that happen? Yeah, that's a that's a totally fair question, and this is why. And this this might sound crazy, and and... I'm okay. I'll take it on chin. Okay. I think because abortion culture is so prevalent, because sexual revolution culture is so prevalent, hookup culture is so prevalent, it's just a fetus. I think that there is a mass 
indoctrination in this paradigm that I think a lot of times the woman doesn't know what she's done until after the fact. How about the doctor? Oh, I think the doctor should totally be charged. Be charged. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think abortion yeah, so, doctors. I, mean, so, I think so you, abortion doctors are evil. They know what they're doing. So, so you are flirting yeah. with like the abolitionist movement. Then. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For okay. the doctors, not not for the mothers though, because I think I, right. Again, but, I think, but, but but really, there isn't. Besides, it sounding as shocking as it sounds, there no. really isn't a good logical argument to make to defend that though. To defend because what? if the mother brings her, I'm going to use your language. Yeah, yeah. If the mother brings her baby, her baby. to an abortion clinic yes. and says, "Dismember this child because I don't want it anymore," yep. right? And they know what they're doing. I don't know how any of this and, is getting monetized, and, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry, <laughs> so, it's going to be so much editing that needs but, to be but done. But if that's if that's your take on this, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Why why is your take then? Well. The mother was just indoctrinated. Yeah. She's she's aware. Yeah, she's yeah, sentient. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She knows what's happening. She's yeah. seen the video that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So no, why? Because no, no, because I, I don't think she's seen the video, and I don't think she knows what she's doing, and I think she's been told it's a clump of cells, and I think there's an entire but she knows world. it's not. It's kicking, right? I mean, in in, in this scenario, well, well, the baby when, when might be babies, at, babies kick at ten weeks, twenty weeks, maybe. When do babies kick? Can you look that up? When do babies kick? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Good point. Know. That's a good point. Because I don't know what babies you, kick. You get my whole point, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to... Because you mentioned... No, and there's some people that hold that position, and, and they would say that's the more consistent position. Well, this is the abolitionist movement, mm -hmm. right? And and to be fair, I would totally concede that they are a more fringe movement than the pro-life thing, mm -hmm. um, but they are actively fighting for legislation that would both give the death penalty to mothers and doctors. Yeah. And and so I'm just wondering I would what your takes on that. that. Yeah, that's late, man. Sixteen weeks. Sixteen to twenty-four weeks. That's late. I would say. I would say. Um, we know that uh, feticide. I think that's how you say the word feticide. Infanticide. Well, infanticide is different than that's it. like. Yeah, that's post. So feticide is the destruction, abortion of a, of a fetus. So we know that feticide is illegal under all circumstances, hmm. right? Like if a woman. Uh, punches herself in the stomach, if she throws herself down some uh, stairs, oh, oh, yeah. if, a, if a man uh, kicks a woman in the stomach and she 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 miscarries the baby, like that's illegal on, on all grounds. Death penalty for Death, her? Uh, well, let, 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 me, let me flesh out the thought. Um, if if she's murdered and she's pregnant, that's double murder, right? And so I think if if, if feticide is completely illegal in all, all circumstances, uh, I think it's crazy to be like, yeah, but we're going to make this exception for this doctor who can go in and, and, and commit feticide because he's an authority and he has special tools like uh -huh. that sounds crazy that just doesn't sound coherent to me yeah but you how know? about for the mother though like if the mother does that so i think i think there's a spectrum there like to be fair i think there's a spectrum there i think a woman um saying and i think i think this is legal in colorado though rare but a woman at 36 weeks saying my mental health is at risk if i have this baby let's kill it like that's a different level of debauchery than a woman at six weeks who has been told her entire life that it's your body, your choice, it's a clump of cells, it's inconsequential, this isn't gonna have any effect, this is actually empowering to you. I think that's that's a totally different end of the spectrum, right? I, I just think that is. Okay, so for you, some women could face charges depending on the situation. Sure, someone, someone could face charges. Yikes, dude. Yeah, oh, depending on a situation, you you don't like that. That makes you uncomfortable. Of course it does. Okay. I mean, this is this is the abolition move. This is this is welcome to Christian nationalism. So, bro. so what is what is it what is it that makes the baby special when it goes through the canal? Like, what is it like at, at thirty nine weeks? It could potentially be okay well, if her mental health is at stake. And again, I know I'm talking I'm talking about the exceptions to the rule, right? Which you did earlier with the rape victim, right? Mm -hmm. Thirty nine weeks, baby's in there. I believe in Colorado. My emo I'm emotionally distressed. This is going to ruin my mental health. Cool. With the baby. Yet, at post-40 weeks when the baby's here, 
it's you, you can't do that anymore. Well, I think one of the things is the um, first breath. So the breath is what gives the baby like a right. Is, I'm, I'm not. I'm just answering your question from what I think people might answer that. I mean, I know in some other religious traditions, the first breath is when the is when a human is formed. It's when the first breath is taken. I mean, you can look at Genesis, right? I mean, man breathed into God the breath of life, or uh -huh. God breathed into man the breath of life. You know, the idea is that breath is what gives you life mm -hmm. to become human. Mm -hmm. um, again, this is way out of. I appreciate I'm just you being answering. Honest, just being way out of my depth. You're here, not an expert, you know? and this is something. And that, I just like, yeah. <clears throat> I just, to be fair, there's much better debates about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's, Trent Horn versus Destiny had an amazing back and forth on this. Um, Destiny's position is a little different than yours. He believes. Who is Destiny? You keep talking about this dude. Destiny is, it a, is it a guy or a girl. I don't know. Destiny's a dude. Okay, hi Destiny. He's a he's a he's a, <laughs> he's a really really good debater. He's an oh. ex ex Catholic turned atheist agnostic agnostic leftist debater who's pro-choice and so he's had a couple of these oh, conversations um one of them was a complete dumpster fire lila rosa did a great job but there was a lady with her that was a, bit, a little rough and then so they had a part two and it was him versus trent horn for about mm -hmm. three hours his position is um consciousness the cutoff is consciousness for him you know when a baby uh when a baby is at 20 to 24 weeks it's conscience uh, it, this brain waves, yada, yada, yada. And so he thinks the cutoff should be there. No abortion before then. Interesting. Um, so that's why I was asking, like, yeah. what is it? I just, I feel, and this is not, I'm not, this is not a knock at you. Sure. Uh, I just feel it just, it's like a weird conversation for me to have. I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I have my experience with being my partner. I'm glad that we had the option if we, if we're, if it, if it came to that. Mm -hmm. And so that has informed like how I see some of this policy stuff. Mm -hmm. I fully acknowledge that this stuff can be like really complicated and that it can get like, you know, where are the moral boundaries? Sure. I recognize all of that, you sure. know, but ultimately with our current climate, I'm someone who says I trust the family and the pregnant person more than I trust the government mandating a blanket of uh, take uh -huh. on how they manage that part of the woman's health care. We can, I can say, uh -huh. you know, so and, that's just where I land with it. And do you think that if a woman does something to cause her own miscarriage that she should be caught? Like, like if a woman is intentionally consuming exorbitant amounts of alcohol and cocaine and then that forces the abortion like do you yeah. think that's okay i i hope it never got to that dude I, it's just like i would hope that we would be so far i hope that that would never come to an actual okay situation but that would know? be that would be okay I, I don't know i mean i i w what's the context here you know she uh, likes to party I, bro. I, well <laughs> come on man I, I, she's sexually liberated if someone Tim. Come on, dude. Not everyone who is sexually liberated does that kind of stuff. I, I don't. I would need to think about it more, to be honest with you. I just okay. don't really know. I got to think That's about fair. it. I think you intrinsically know it would be wrong. I think it depends on the context. I think I think this is what I think. This is just. If a woman's think, in China, uh -huh. right, and, um, you know, um, is pregnant with um i don't i you know no, that, that's a bad example have i thought i had that you ever seen I'm, the one child policy movie in china i i might have dude it's like on it's on time. amazon it's so it's such an interesting movie this is totally not something Jeez. i care to talk about but it's such a fascinating <laughs> movie because it talks about uh, up until 2015 um they limited right to one yes. child and they would be forced abortions yes uh very 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 dark like the movie's very 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 dark all of this has since backfired on China because of their decreasing birth rates, which eventually will happen in America if we keep going down this route of low birth rates, right? Mm -hmm. To just from a, to your standpoint, a safety net uh, infrastructure standpoint, okay. right? If there's not workers to take care of the older workers, to, to take care of the retired, and our population is not always um, at least maintaining, it, it could be catastrophic for the infrastructure of a society. And that's what, that's what they're experiencing right now. Long story short, this documentary is so... I thought it was like, dude, dude this is like the best pro-life documentary I've ever seen. This is amazing, right? And they're... Bro, they're they're talking to abortion doctors that are like... 
I, we, I can't believe I did this. Like, this was so awful, blah, blah, blah. There's a dude, there's a kid in a jar, bro. It's dark. Yikes. And the entire thing ends with this, like, graphic of, like, women should still have the choice. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is craziness to me yeah. that the entire documentary is railing against low birth rates, against being forced to have abortions, all these things, right? And... Yeah, anyway, so I, I think that's, that is the point, though, right? Isn't that the point, though, that like the problem with China is that they're forcing women to do something? Yes, that's yes, the whole evil, point. So evil. I think that, like, that's why people are like, and this is why I say, like, for me, it's about having the choice to make a decision that I don't need to know the answer to because uh -huh. it's not my job to make that decision. That's all I'm getting at. I don't think the state should compel people uh -huh. to have abortions. Of course not. I think that yeah. would be really unethical and terrible. I also don't think that the state should be so limited where people who might actually need one yeah. are not able to get one or because of our failure to actually give people what they need to maintain their own, you know, um, I guess, pregnancy cycle, yeah. um, they should have access to that. I think that's just kind of where I Were I you Were you it. pro uh, vaccine ma mandates? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, I was. How was that different? How is what different? How is someone, how are my buddies who had already had COVID and they were RNs and they almost lost their jobs and, and, and because they were trying to mandate them and they had to get religious exemptions and write letters yeah. and all this stuff. How is that different? Um, they had the bodily autonomy. They wanted to make a choice for themselves and their family. Yeah, but COVID can spread to other people. I know you're going to argue that abortion kills someone. I get that. That's the whole argument. You don't think a, you don't think the, a culture of abortion and a culture that's of what I'm saying revolution? is like we 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 disagree on the whole premise. So uh -huh. I know what you're saying. Uh -huh. I just disagree on the whole bottom line premise of what you're trying to get at. Okay. Because the vaccine mandate, which by the way is normal, we've done it many times in this country, mm -hmm. not something new at all, mm -hmm. was designed to stop a global pandemic that killed over a million people in the U.S. Mm -hmm. It is common mm -hmm. for. Um, even right now in our military, you want to go to the military? Yeah, they yeah, get yeah. vaccinated. Know, okay, for sure, for sure. right. So, like, so this argument, but even to folks me, with natural just, immunity that this, were that were called heroes. This on argument, the front lines. this argument became convenient uh -huh. when it was used as a political rhetoric point to somehow talk about the abortion issue. They are night and day for many, many different reasons. You don't think it's a bit hypocritical though to say, "Hey, I know you already had it. I know you had natural immunity, which they found out was good. Natural immunity is good. You're a frontline worker. You are. We were calling you a hero." But now your entire livelihood is at risk if you don't want to get this, this shot. Many, I, by the way, and, and I told you this privately and I've yeah, said it publicly, yeah, yeah. you know I'm vaccinated. Yeah. I got the J&J &J and then I got a booster. Right. Okay. But, but you don't think that's a, a, a like, the, the, how, does that, how, does that, how is that consistent? That doesn't seem consistent. A hospital mandating that their workers get vaccinated during a global pandemic where they're next to COVID all day is, like, unethical? When they've already had the vaccine. I mean, when they've already had COVID. They've had COVID. They have the natural immunity for it. Okay, so they they're they're already going to fight off the virus because they've had but it. But they can still pass it. Okay, the whole point is vaccinated the vac people can pass it. That's already been debunked. But and I you know that. But it was designed. The whole idea was that the more people are vaccinated, the the quicker and less severe the symptoms are, and the less yes. they're out of work, and the less right. they're able to pass it on going forward. But right? they could pass. So it, it was like that's why they had the boosters. It was continuing to kind of sure. defend against. How it. many boosters did you get? Uh, I think I got one. I don't know, okay. one or two. Okay. I'm glad I was gonna. I was How many gonna are there? I was gonna lose it. Dude, there was like. Okay, well, I mean, there's a lot of boosters I, it, <laughs> we're, we're from abortion to COVID vaccines. Jesus, I, mean, I don't want to talk about COVID vaccines. Thank you. You're but, talking about things that I do not talk all, about all ever I'm, on my content. All I'm like, saying ever. is, all I'm saying is, there just seems to be a double standard with that specific issue. Okay, that, that, that that's all I'm saying. Fine. And I think I, a lot of people would be like, "Yo, this is this is kind of goofy." Like, 
Listen, man, I told you this during break. Like, I am not someone who argues with people online. Yeah. So, so, like, even my DMs, I get this stuff. I'm like, okay, like, hey, hold the view that you want to hold. I mean, it is what it is, you yep. know? Okay. Um, I'm just, it's not my thing. So, um, fair enough. Fair enough. I think um, I get it. Okay. So, talk to me about Christian nationalism. Thank how, God. Something how, I actually know something about. And, and how uh, the, the, the Trump thing. Um, <laughs> Flipped you. The Trump thing flipped you. Totally flipped me. <laughs> okay. So I didn't. I didn't vote for Trump. Uh, I. I didn't. Um, yeah. I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't think he was helpful in terms of the rhetoric. I thought Hillary was an awful choice as well. I thought Biden was an awful choice as well. But I didn't vote for Trump. And it's, people really jumped out the window with the Trump stuff, and it got really weird um, in terms of the uh, Trump prophecies and a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Um, I think some of Trump's policies were decent i think a lot of his execution and how he carried himself and communicated just wasn't helpful um okay. but i but but i tend to be more conservative leaning and i've and i've, sure. and I've been yeah you're fair because, about that yeah i've been, I've been more conservative leaning over especially over the years so talk to me about like what was specific about trump was it just like the blind support by evangelicals for him even though he, there was all these things that clearly he wasn't a christian clearly he Arguably, wasn't even a Republican. You know? yeah, I mean, I mean, we need to be clear before I even preface. I'm just preface by saying conservative and Trump are not the same thing. Trump is its own. He's a, he's his own brand of authoritarianism and populism, which mm -hmm. is not the typical conservative take in America. I mean, mm -hmm. they have been prone to it, but not like this. So sure. I don't. I'm me saying that I don't like Trump or Trumpism is not me saying I think conservatives are automatically bad people. Okay, you know. Um, so we need to make sure that we're clear about like our terminology here. The the Trump thing for me was shocking in 2015 when here I am. Back to my story that talked about maybe an hour ago now. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm committed to Jesus. I've been taught, like, here's the sexual ethics you need to have. Like, here's the way you do it. Here's what it means to be a good man. I'm reading sure. Wild at Heart. I have the brave heart sword. You know, like, I'm just, I'm into it, right? Yep. I want to be a man of integrity and passion. And, you know, when when the world tells me to move, I plant my feet and say, no, you move to me. That was kind of Amen. what I was, was given. I wish I knew this, Tim, a bit more. What? The older Tim. I would be yeah. fun to know you as that, too. <laughs> um, and, um, Trump comes on the scene. I'm 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 more tuned in, I'm more tuned into politics than than ever before, right? I'm just I grew up on talk radio my whole life, so I grew up on Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh. And I'm like, okay, I'm like I'm watching the primary. I'm like, oh, uh, this John Kasich guy, I, I kind of like him. He seems pretty reasonable and like he's well spoken. And mm -hmm. yeah, uh, okay, Ted Cruz, maybe not my favorite, but okay. And I'm like, oh, there's Trump. He's a complete joke. Like he's gonna go nowhere, you know, kind of thing. And then I, I even re I remember people like Ben Shapiro and Mark Levin being like, Trump is an imposter. He's a grifter. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. stay away. So I'm like, yeah, I agree. We'll stay away. And then he really rose, I mean, quickly. And in, I watched slowly. I started watching evangelicals, either ones that I knew of, like Jerry Falwell Jr., mm -hmm. where others started throwing their support behind it. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh, that's really weird. Like, he's kind of a bully. He's just kind of, he's kind of brutal. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem to really embody like this Christian ethic that I was. You know who was the, the worst at this, bro? Was John MacArthur. Like, <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear like the initial thing he said? And oh yeah, I've like, covered it. I've covered it, bro. <laughs> that was the most. I like, covered oh, it. Oh my gosh, you just it. got right in line, oh, didn't whoa, you, bud? Oh boy, right in oh, line. Oh man, that was so, brutal. So the moment for me that was the jaw dropping moment. Uh -huh. And again, I want to, I'm going to, you know, make it clear to your audience. Like, I, I was pretty conservative in every way. I was conservative more politically. Yeah. I was pro life. I, I was not affirming at the time. You know, Trump has these leaked tapes of him bragging about like sexually assaulting a woman yeah and i'm like oh my i'm like repulsed i mean i think, yeah. I think we all were 
as I thought we all were. And I'm like, oh, this guy, pff, this is it. Like, it's a wrap. yeah, yeah, it's 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 a wrap, dude. Yeah. I was I I'm I was not that old, but I remember Bill Clinton. I remember the the evangelical Monica take. Lewinsky yeah, thing. you know, hey, how yeah. can we trust someone in the White House who came and lead his family? I'm like, this dude is toast. Yep. And then I kind of got giddy for a minute. I'm like, ooh, maybe we'll form our own like third party and we'll like, do our own evangelical thing. Like this could be big. And then the quote, we need a commander in chief, not a pastor in chief. And I was like, wait a second. Hold the phone. I'm like, wait, wait. And then I'm watching people on my Facebook, people who raised me in church, you know, like, no, Trump's the guy. And then I started posting how I couldn't vote for him. Yeah. And then they were mad at me. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Let me make sure I understand. You're mad at me that I can't vote for the guy on the cover of Playboy magazine. And you're, and you're still a you're still a conservative at this point. Definitely. I'm definitely conservative, moderate, maybe at this point, yeah, but yeah. definitely, I mean, like I said. Like you're paying attention to the GOP debates. Totally. To yeah, I mean, wow. Hillary, Hillary was a total write-off. I, yeah, I yeah. voted third party in 2016. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had no interest in Hillary or anyone in that as field. Did I. As yeah. Did I. And so I'm just like, wait, guys, let me try to understand you. You're mad at me because I can't vote for the guy that you taught me to be nothing like mm. as a Christian. Wow. You're the, you're telling me that I'm jettisoning my integrity when yeah. you're the ones who's shifting? I'm not shifting right now. Yeah. You're shifting. That's good. And so I watched my entire tradition mm -hmm. over 2016, 2020 just become like from some – the argument was we're just holding our nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a bunch of bullshit because by 2018, it was like – this, he's a new Cyprus. He's a, a Cyrus. He's a new Cyrus. Mm -hmm. This is our candidate. Trump is draining the swamp. And I'm mm -hmm. like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Like, guys, he's calling nations shithole countries. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not even like, this yeah, is not yeah. normal. Not remotely you know? classy. Not, yeah. And also, like, a Muslim ban. Like, mm -hmm. again, I'm conservative. I was there during 9 11. Okay. I know all the rhetoric. But I'm like, I mean, this, even George Bush was way more like, hey, let's make sure not to be extreme and not mm -hmm. to villainize mm -hmm. people. And Trump's just like, man, Muslim ban. I'm like, this sounds very anti American. Mm -hmm. So he really shifted. And he is what I say it was the stench that I, can, I couldn't ignore mm -hmm. in what I call the basement of evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, no, no. Something is wrong mm -hmm. here. You taught, you radicalized me to be a Jesus follower. I'm reading the Sermon on the Mount like you taught me, mm -hmm. and I'm comparing notes. It ain't adding up. Mm -hmm. It ain't adding up. The policies we're advocating for ain't adding up. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting it. Mm -hmm. So, what, what do you remember? What specific policies you didn't like? I didn't like um, the just the brashness of drain the swamp. I didn't like. I didn't like Trump's take uh, that everyone was the enemy but him. I hated the lying. The lying is what got me. The, the lying. The, the lying. Gotcha. He okay. lied so. But those are really policies. Sorry, so, your yeah, issues yeah. with Trump or my issues with Trump. My, my bad. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me be clear. I mean, the Muslim man policy. There's okay. one I didn't like, you know. Gotcha. Um, you know, um, it was honestly, the problem with the Trump era in my mind is like, we were so focused on his Twitter yeah. and like how, like what he was saying that it's like, what did he actually do? Yeah. You know? And like, I know he passed some tax cut stuff. I'm like, what, you know, whatever. Not, not really my thing. That's pretty Republican. He though. tried to come with the, uh, um, the platinum plan for uh, re rejunifying black communities and creating these uh, opportunity zones. Okay, and there's some actually really good stuff in there. Ice Cube got behind that. Oh, did surprisingly. he? Surprisingly, <laughs> yeah. And he, and he and he got in a lot of trouble. So the, the, the my yeah. I'm with you. And so it's like it's like the good policies that he did present would oftentimes just be completely ignored because of his rhetoric. And well, his, and like, also his immorality. Yeah, and his, you know, his immorality. covering up, lying about sleeping with a porn star. Yeah. But really, 2019, the election of 2020. Yeah, that was when, in my mind. 
all the people who I listened to, I didn't believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's authoritarian. He's mm-hmm. fascist. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? He's mm-hmm. racist. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. And then 2019 happened. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is lying out of his teeth. Mm-hmm. He is supported by a right wing media empire that is pushing blatantly false things that are not steeped in reality. 2019, you said? Yeah, like the election being stolen. Gotcha. You know? And then January 6th. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who are these people with Christian flags mm-hmm. and Bibles mm-hmm. and Bible verses storming our damn Capitol building? Mm-hmm. Who are these people? Where yeah. do they come from? Yeah, that wasn't a good look. Right? And then we find out now uh-huh. that it was actually way more organized than this spontaneous group. Mm-hmm. And then I watch people in these right-wing media circles now start defending it. Yeah. Oh, they were just tourists. Oh, they're downplaying it. Yeah. And so I, I'm giving you a big picture overview of mm-hmm. like, I. if there's anything that has radicalized me even more, it has been watching my own tradition completely bow the knee. Hmm. To Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, Trump took them up on the mountain, mm-hmm. said, I'll give you the kingdom, mm-hmm. just bow the knee and kiss the ring. Mm. They go, No problem. Done. Mm-hmm. We'll buy the ring, or bow the knee, we'll kiss the ring. Mm-hmm. We'll become your biggest fans. We'll we will disseminate your views throughout our churches. Mm-hmm. No problem. Dude, the biggest church in Dallas, uh, in, in I'm sorry, uh in Texas, mm-hmm. um, uh, Robert Jeffrey's church, mm-hmm. uh, uh, huge mega church, had Trump speak for their Christmas service. Wow. On Sunday morning. Where Trump gave a politicized garbage propaganda speech. Mm-hmm. That's empire. Yeah. Okay. So for me, a lot of my takes and my views have shifted because I'm like, I don't want to be whatever the hell that is. Mm-hmm. I need to find better paths forward that I think, in my opinion, are more rooted in the way of Jesus. You think if he was more cla- classy and and less like abrasive and say like the Muslim ban didn't happen, do you think he would have you think you you would have went the the direction you did? Uh like let, let me let me just we talked about Vivek. Right. Oh it, yeah, Vivek. Yeah. And so, like, similar policies, a bit more uh, flippant with the way he talks about policy-wise. But on the surface, he's a very likable guy. He's very charismatic. He's slick. He's smooth. Do you think, like, if it was Vivek instead of Trump, you would have you would have felt the same way? I. Um, it's a good question. I right? was concerned about a lot of things before Trump. Uh-huh. I even back in the day when I was again not affirming, a lot of my blogs and early blogs were like, why are we yelling at gay people all the time? Mm-hmm. Why are we so rude to gay people? Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine who worked with worked with at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, when I was 13, mm-hmm. I came up to my pastor said I was struggling with struggling with, with, with my sexuality. He called me an abomination and said never to come back. No. Swear to God, dude. Wow. I'm like, holy moly. So I was having some doubts in general with with my own tradition. And I think Trump was was the the cherry on top. And then, of course, I think the COVID response overall, I wasn't thrilled with the Black Lives Matter response. You know, watching pastors I know sharing Candace Owens talking points about Mm -hmm. the murder of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. I'm like, guys, are we Christians? Are we on the side of like empathy and justice and Mm -hmm. grace or Mm -hmm. are we not? Like, Mm -hmm. what are we doing here? So I think all those elements really kind of combined to be just like something is way wrong in my tradition. Yeah. And that's when I started TNE. And so when would you say the deconstruction happened? And what is your overall sense? Because I think there's certain folks that, that that I would say deconstruct some of the cultural elements of Christianity, some of the things that maybe do need to be deconstructed and then reconstruct, and, yeah. it's, and it's good. And then some folks completely deconstruct and then deconvert or deconstruct and, and would kind of land where you land, where you, you hold some, I don't know, I guess, heterodox views in terms of queer affirming and, and you know, the inerrancy of scripture and those sorts of things. Like, 
What, what, do you, what, what do you make of all of that? Is that that came around that time, the deconstruction? Yeah, well, I mean, I discovered the term deconstruction after I started the New Evangelicals. So oh, I was okay. still serving at my church in 2020 Okay. Uh, during a pandemic. They okay. were really good. They were they were masked up. We, we followed all distancing okay. guidelines. And this is in the Philly area? Yeah, Philly area, like gotcha. New Jersey suburb. Gotcha. And I was drumming, you know, we, we were making our online services. And I again, there's a lot here. Like I said earlier, I've had concerns about church culture in general, sure. but I was still there. Yeah. And so I started TNE in 2020 on Instagram. It was like, hey, anyone else? thinking about this stuff yeah. boom then i discovered the term deconstruction i discovered the word exvangelical now were you queer affirming at that point no but i was like my take at, at that moment was like can't we just agree to disagree like isn't it like can't we just welcome gotcha. people in even, even even if we don't see these passages the same way can't we just make room huh. so that was kind of my take at the time okay you know but i was i was having more and more concerns sure you know um, and more reservations. And I was, I was, I wasn't finding the the arguments I used to hold as compelling as maybe some new thoughts. So mm. I was definitely in transition. So the term deconstruction, you know, it is it is not a monolithic thing. Mm -hmm. It is definitely what I call an explosion. Mm -hmm. People are going in all different directions, even though maybe the origin point is similar. Mm -hmm. Some people, to your point, do walk out. They say, I'm out of this house. We call it Christianity. Get me the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. And based on their experience, what I've, what I've heard from them, I'm like, mm -hmm. hey, man, I get it. I mm -hmm. think God's big enough. Like, you know what? God's big enough. He's bigger than me. Mm -hmm. God can handle it. Mm -hmm. I, I I trust it. It's not my not my job to try and convince you to stay in this house that mm -hmm. really, you know, you've been breathing in toxic fumes for so long. Mm -hmm. um, but the work that we do as an organization, right? We are definitely sympathetic. I would say even myself, like maybe a better way of putting it is the dam broke open in 2021. Mm -hmm. That was when like all the thoughts I've been having for years just started clicking in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, like this is much more compelling for yeah. me at yeah. this point, yeah. right? But it was all, uh, it was always about and still is, mm -hmm. how do I understand the Jesus tradition? How do I understand the historical church? How do I understand our moment here? Mm -hmm. How do I understand the Bible? What mm -hmm. actually is the Bible? How do we get our Bible, mm -hmm. right? How do we view these things? Where is this stuff coming from? Mm -hmm. So my, my whole thing is, all about like what I call renegotiating faith, mm -hmm. but it's all in the hopes of helping people find their faith again. Mm -hmm. The analogy we use is we've been in the basement and now we're kind of on the first floor and we're like, oh my God, this house is way bigger mm -hmm. in the Christian tradition than I ever thought. Mm -hmm. I want to explore some of these rooms. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the content we do is like we'll bring on a scholar about ABCDRE and kind of have them walk us through mm -hmm. what's the black liberation tradition teach mm -hmm. us? You know, what can James Cone teach us about, about oppression and like in, in these dynamics through his lens of black liberation theology? Mm -hmm. Where do we get our, our more modern reformed theology from? Like asking those kinds of questions just mm -hmm. to understand, yeah. right? And then people who we bring through, some might say, hey, I'm really attracted to this type of theology. I want to park here. And we go, great. We're all about it. Like, enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. Mm. So that's kind of more of like the work that we do as well as, of course, advocating for accountability inside the evangelical church. But not but not outside of the evangelical space. Meaning like you're, you're probably not going to have like uh, an Armenian apostolic dude come on. And oh, I definitely shit. would. You would, but 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 what if he's not queer affirming? We would definitely have him speak. Oh, you would have. Him speak. Oh yeah, okay. we, we've had people speak before. Who Catholics, yeah, mm -hmm. Eastern Orthodox. Yeah, because the whole point is right. Instead of this position of is it right or is it wrong? Uh -huh. It's more of like, can we just approach with curiosity? Mm -hmm. Can we just say, hey, I might not agree with you, Mr. Priest, sir. I don't know what you call him. Uh, uh, we call him Der Heyer. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure I would agree with all your stuff. I would love to learn more about your tradition. Interesting. Where does it come from? How do you see it this way? How do you get these views? Yeah, yeah. How would you view original sin, for example, right? Okay. So it just helps people get some fresh air and realize, like, you know, the thing that we're a part of yeah. is way bigger. Yeah, I think, you know, interesting enough, because obviously we're going to disagree on a lot of this stuff, but I think having a more robust view of the faith, I think is definitely healthy. Yeah. And I think I, I, coming, coming back to what we started with is like in, 
my exploration of that, I just landed at the same core essentials. <laughs> you know, like I like I when I went to Israel, um, Jerusalem is broken up into four quarters: uh, the Jewish quarter, the Muslim quarter, the the Christian quarter, which is like the Christian Catholic quarter, and then the Armenian Apostolic quarter. And um, being there, bro, and seeing the diversity, seeing all of these different folks, seeing all the different traditions, seeing my people have a, a, a quarter of the old city. You couldn't really even go through unless you knew someone that was Armenian. Was very helpful to see how multi-ethnic and big Christianity was, you know? And I think that is, I think that is healthy. I think a lot of times, so my advice be when we start talking about deconstruction, my advice for folks a lot of times is like, bro, go sit with like some Ethiopian Christians. Go sit with some... Um, Coptic Christians. Go sit with these other traditions and talk to them and get to know them, and you'll be shocked. But a lot of times, you kind of end up at the same place you started in terms of theology, if we're talking about the all the different arms of the church, right? Not on the 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 minutia of the canon or the minutia of original sin, but in the the broad strokes aspects. It, I, I think people land at the same faith. Yeah, but in my I'll put it this way: in my faith tradition, uh-huh. canon and original sin Those are were up there. They're make or break, dude. Did you like you know from original sin? You're not a Christian. That's how I grew up. So so in terms of original sin, you mean like total depravity versus original sin? Totally. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Do you think that? Do you? Because this is this is the pattern I see. Go ahead. Folks who grow up in a very stringent, fundamental environment, and maybe they don't even know they're fundamental. Like maybe they don't know that they're uh, two clicks away from Westboro Baptist. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they grow up with this, and then the, the, like those are the folks that I see deconstructing the most. There's folks that like they they were super Calvinist, and I'm like, hey, man. and I'm calling them like, hey, this really happened to, with a very influential question. Hey, man, like. What's up with this whole like Calvinism thing? Are you like a five point Calvinist? Because like this limited atonement thing is kind of crazy. And it's like, crazy. And and the response was, dude, I'm a thousand point Calvinist, <laughs> right? I'll tell you who this was offline. Okay, I gotta know. And, <laughs> and, I'm dying. And like, and I'm it, a thousand point Calvinist. Well, bro, fast fast forward <laughs> five six years later, and they're like, man, resurrection. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and it seems like the 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 folks that go to like the the I don't know if they, I don't know if that's fringe, but it's something. It's not nothing, as Jordan Peterson would say. It's something that folks that go into these more like fundamentalist binary levels of thinking about everything not the not 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 ten things, but everything, right? Young Earth creationism, your canon having to be the only canon. Like, I, it, it seems like that that avatar becomes the 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 likelihood for someone to deconvert or deconstruct. Well, it definitely, I will put it this way. I will speak for me and the organization. Yeah. I can't speak for other people who sure. are in this space, sure, right? Sure, 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 sure. But we often say that we don't want to become fundamentalists all over again. That's the right? vibe I get, man. Now, that being said, okay, um, here's what's tricky about this, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the presuppositions that we have when we talk about like theology and even the Christian tradition yeah. is we think we're almost like doing the scientific method approach, uh-huh. you know, where it's like, hey, if we could just put in this formula, here's the objective reality sure. of this. And like, there's a reason why we have a thousand different theology departments and people from all different walks of life debating what we think this stuff says mm-hmm. versus like there being no flat earth like, you know, places in academic circles. Oh, bro. In academic circles. Okay, in academic right? circles. Right, that's what I'm saying. You know that's no, back. No, 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 I, I know You know that's back, back in but, a lot of Christian but, but no, circles, right? It, 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 oh, <laughs> the I, permanent and all that stuff, bro. Dude. Oh, yeah. I don't want to get triggered, okay? <laughs> but uh, my point is that, like, in academia, 
right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's like, sure, oh, flat sure, earth, sure, right? Sure, because sure. we have a scientific method that we sure, can use. Sure, sure, sure. Theology is not science. Sure. It's a different kind of conversation, right? Sure. It's it's much more malleable, I sure. think, to me. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of ingredients that go into even how we form our moral ethics. Like mm-hmm. we, we are sitting on certain philosophical norms that that come for, to us by Greek philosophy and stuff that sure. help shape those things. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that for my people like myself, Maybe I didn't understand that. Mm. And so for the first time, I am like kind of picking apart those threads and just kind of examining them mm-hmm. and kind of rethinking like, okay, how did I come to this conclusion before? And is it the same or has it changed? Mm. Like, for example, the physical resurrection, right? Mm. I think, and I actually interviewed Sean McDowell okay. uh, about dope, this. Dope. And I, I had him on the podcast and I was like, Sean, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I was like, would you say that the physical resurrection is an objective verified fact mm-hmm. that like just definitely happened no matter what? He's mm-hmm. like, no. Mm-hmm. I go, what, Sean? Mm-hmm. But you're like a, a conservative apolo- apolo- apologist. Mm-hmm. And I, the way I was thought about the resurrection was that it was this historical thing that definitely happened that if you mm-hmm. don't believe, you're just crazy. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, it's not that black and white. And he acknowledged mm-hmm. that, hey, there is a there is some element of like, we do trust something that does sound outlandish, mm-hmm. right? That was not how that was taught to me. Really? Right? No. Okay. So, so, okay, so, no. So, so, so this is the difference. So I, I, it, it just came to me. This is the difference. Tell me. I came to the faith reading Josh McDowell's book. Huh. Like I came to the faith with that paradigm. Huh. I didn't come to the faith with this absolutist approach. I never that that, that just bro, I, I grew up Armenian apostolic, but my we stopped going to church because my mom and my dad split, and then my dad got remarried in the church, so my mom hated the church. So I stopped going. And then when I did go back, there was some essay that happened by some of the other altar boys. And then when I did go back again, it was strictly for social reasons. So there was no like, and then I was like, God, God doesn't exist. And if he does, he does not like me. Right. And so when I came back to the faith, it was a two year process of literally asking all the questions about the resurrection, about is Jesus God? Is he eternal? Uh, homosexuality, all, all the questions. And so I spent two years, sophomore year, all of my sophomore year, all of my junior year, just just poking everything I could, and then finally came down to like a, a I would say a fairly robust faith, and and sitting down with my terchayed from from the Armenian Apostolic Church. So I never came with this like facts, bro. Like it was never that. It was like it was like it was like this. Let me tell you, tell me what you think about this. Yeah, tell me. There's enough there that I can have a reasonable trust and confidence that Jesus rose from the grave, and I believe that the New Testament is reliable. And I believe that because Jesus spoke about certain things in the New in the Old Testament, I believe, I believe those things are reliable. And I put my faith and my confidence in that as a confidence spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then, after I give my life to Jesus, something supernatural happened that I don't I can't explain it to you. But I know that all of a sudden, man, sleeping with my girlfriend that was fun. Now it wasn't fun anymore. I I was repulsed by the act. Uh, getting high couldn't do it anymore right? Something happened. And all the things I used to hate, like going to church and being around Christians, because I just thought they were just completely cornballs. All of a sudden, I started, I desired those things. Mm. And then I started living out God's ways. I started living my life the way Jesus would prescribe. I stopped having sex with my girlfriend. I stopped uh, smoking weed. I stopped doing all these things. And then I waited until marriage until I got married. And then all of a sudden, I started reading Proverbs, and I started handling my money God's ways, and I started taking care of my body God's ways. And I started doing all these things based on what I'm reading from the scriptures. And then in hindsight, I look back 20 years later, and I, and I am certain. I'm certain about my own experience. But the certainty came not at looking at the fact of the resurrection. It looked at the the this seems reasonable and, and trustworthy, and I could place my confidence in this. I could place my trust in this. In the same way I could place my trust that 
my wife's not out with another dude right now. <laughs> I have enough confidence, there, but I don't know. I don't know what, exactly what she's doing right now, but I, but I have enough confidence. And then in hindsight, 15 years later, I go, bro, I got a great marriage. Mm -hmm. my, my marriage is awesome. We have a great sex life. We have a great family. Our finances are, and, and, and all of this is because we did it. What I would say is, historically god's ways uh -huh. that, that that's how that's how that, that that's how it's always made sense to me mm -hmm. the certainty doesn't come from the blind faith or the faith aspect the certainty comes from the hindsight of living out the faith for decades uh -huh. in the same way if i'm reading love lang five love languages and how to communicate with your spouse and all these books about marriage and then i apply these things and i go oh no 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 there, there is a tried and true way of how to do marriage correctly and it's not absolutist and that it's always going to work but there's some general principle that if we were to talk about marriage you'd be like yeah like communicate and share your feelings right. and don't always share your feelings. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. you, you see what I'm saying? So that's how yeah. it's always made sense for me. And so that makes a lot of sense though. I think what I, listen, let me just say that. I think that that's a really great story. I think it's powerful. I think it's an experience that means a lot to you and that you should have all of that. Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to critique any part of that, you mm -hmm. know, because it's, that's your life and that's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think what I would say to that is like, can you, can you also make room that other people had a different experience mm -hmm. and maybe also found a way of living fully for mm -hmm. them that mm -hmm. works, mm -hmm. even if it looks a little bit different than what that your ingredients look like. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of my rub with some people yeah. who I see in these spaces, not necessarily mm -hmm. you, but like in this more like um, we have to respond to deconstruction. Oh, don't deconstruct this way. It's like, mm -hmm. why do you feel the need mm -hmm. to tell people, hey, um, your experience definitely isn't as valid as what I'm telling you is definitely truth. So assimilate into this or else. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's frustrating for me is like, you know, people have experienced, and we both agree here, some serious major harm, especially women. Mm -hmm. Most of my followers are women. 70% mm -hmm. of our Instagram followers are women. Mm -hmm. I hear their stories Every day in my in terms DMs. of like essay or like what would you say like what do you mean by uh, major harm? Oh, uh, it could be essay. Uh -huh. It could be um, yeah. Essay is one of the big ones. It could be verbal. I'll say and it getting it, it getting sw swept under the rug. Oh, for dope. sure. Yeah, that's awful. Uh, I get a lot of I get a lot of stories of like, hey, um, I was I was on staff at a church for a long time. Mm -hmm. I said one thing on social media that was a little more progressive. I got I was canned. Mm -hmm. You know things like that. Yeah. Um, I just talked to someone else say who was a male about his experience being both the one doing the harm, then also the one experiencing harm and the mm. complexity of that, right? So like, so I I am working with people and talking to people mm. and 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 in community with people who are like, I I did all the right things the right way. Mm. I was that golden child mm. and it still wasn't enough for my faith community. Or on, and on top of that, this abuse was still hidden underneath the rug. You know, in, in terms of your personal experience, there was abuse like, like within your church community or what are you asking mean? me personally? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm saying the, the stories I get told from people. But wouldn't you say that the way you lived when, how old were you when you got married? 25. Okay. So you got married 25. Yeah. I'm assuming you guys did the Christian dating thing to some degree. Yep, I'm assuming we you weren't out here just smashing no. left and right, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say that there was some inklings of the very things you did that actually benefited you, even though they came from convoluted waters? Oh, for sure. Okay. But they're not the only source, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. You know, like I have plenty of friends who were never Christian who okay. got married and have a great marriage. Like they okay. didn't get married in the church. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't hold a sex before marriage, sure. you know, like they had sex before they were married. They uh -huh. and they live fine. Like yeah. they are happy I'm, and they're I'm, content. Yeah, I, I guess that's what all I'm, I'm trying to say is I get like, I guess what I'm saying, like if someone deconstructs and then it and then they deconstruct to the point where their entire paradigm changes. And now they're pulling from postmodernity and how there's no objective truth. And now it's like, well, we're just highly evolved animals. Like, what's what's it matter if I go rack up 
a hundred person body count and just have a hundred partners, right? Um, what would if I cheat on my wife? Why does it matter? Like, like there are people that get to those places too, right? Like, okay, so you, let's you see separate. What I'm yeah, I mean, let, let's get I, again. I'm going to talk to you about about what I experienced and I've heard sure. many times. Sure. And are there some people who might use the term deconstruction to cause harm to people, yeah. like cheating on their spouse? Yeah. Sure. And that's yeah. that, that's or, that, or, or maybe not their spouse. Maybe no they go. they go on and 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 up their notch count into the three digits because they feel sexually liberated. Uh, okay. That's, that's self destructive. That's harmful to oneself and it's harmful to the community that they're engaging. With. Uh, I, I I yeah I. I've never heard of such an example. In You've the never heard years, of someone that's I have deconverted never, and then ran up their rods. I have account? never met someone in three years of doing this fielding 10,000 plus DMs. I've never had a conversation like that. Really? I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Okay. I'm just I telling got, you, you, got, you. I got a couple in, guys you got to meet. I'm sure. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the spaces I occupy, uh -huh. right, are mostly from people who have, who have experienced legitimate church abuse and trauma okay and they are trying to pick up the pieces of what do they believe about this god mm -hmm. that they were told certain things about that maybe did not live up to that expectation at all mm. and maybe they were all in at their church experienced a ton of abuse it was, it was underneath the rug mm -hmm. and now they're trying to pick up the pieces or maybe they were part of the sbc mm. who covered up 10 a, a decade of sexual abuse uh, essay had a list you know? of 700 right. people and like and again yeah. the pro here's the problem mm -hmm. for a lot of people like myself now with evangelical spaces they're not accountable mm. We, people do bad things. People often tell me, you just want perfection. No, we want accountability. Okay. Right? When you do something messed up in your marriage, mm -hmm. you if you did not own it, if you were like, no, it's your fault. Sure. No, it's it wasn't what you thought. Sure. That's not healthy for anyone. Totally. And so, so when you have people who put themselves in a position of spiritual authority, mm -hmm. they claim to be a communicator that understands the Bible, knows yes. the truth of God's yes. word, right? Yes. And they misuse that platform mm -hmm. for their own personal benefit at the expense of someone in their congregation. Mm -hmm. And that's swept underneath the rug by the bigger organization. Yep. Or worse, worse than that, the victim is blamed, mm. right? Mm. These are serious no, things, no, no. That's right? Fair. That's fair. And so, like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with anything oh, no, you're saying. I, I'm not saying you are. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get passionate about this because yeah, yeah. I think so many people have have said things about folks who are deconstructing and just put them in the worst possible light. Yeah. It's like, okay, first off, deconstruction is not a movement. It's not monolithic. There is no leaders to this thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to stay faithful to Jesus. In mm. fact, many are having a crisis of theology, mm. not a crisis of faith. Mm. That's a huge difference. Interesting. You know, I, I never doubted if God existed. Mm -hmm. But I doubted, what do I believe about, about this God? Mm -hmm. Is is the God I believe in predestining people for heaven or hell no matter what? Mm -hmm. Is my brother who's not a Christian just damned mm -hmm. no matter what he does because God has predetermined it? Mm -hmm. That is no longer um, uh, – uh, I can no longer, you know – work with that idea sure, of God. Something sure, sure, has sure. to change. I got you. Right? So no, that's that kind of where we're at with that. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess here's, here's what I've seen from folks who've deconstructed, people in my real life, is that... They use the term deconstructed? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm just curious. The, yeah. Everything goes out the window. Mm -hmm. They go... They Everything goes out sure. the window. Right? And so it's almost like it starts by something that was perhaps bona fide church hurt, and then everything is picked out, and then you're just acting self-destructively at that point. You know what I mean? And a lot of times it can lead to further addiction, right? So now we're swapping things out for other vices, you mm -hmm. know? So religion to them, they, they, they already had trauma in their childhood. Religion becomes a, a, a vice of sorts, and they go super radical, and then they just swap that out, and then they're doing, then they're doing other things that are self-destructive. Sure. And that, and that to me, is, is, is what becomes alarming and concerning. Yeah, I mean, listen, I... Um when people and I, I have to draw a character because I don't know your friends, mm -hmm. but I can say like there are definitely people that I probably have encountered mm -hmm. that were 
grew up maybe very repressed, right? Mm-hmm. Very like sheltered, we can say, and like maybe had questions, but but suppressed it or did all the right things. Mm-hmm. They they either got betrayed or something happened that mm-hmm. essentially the rubber band got released, right? Sure. And now they're just in like a spiral of like, well, if I if I couldn't do anything, I might as well do it all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And just because someone ends up in, in a different space than where they were, doesn't yeah. mean that it's inherently automatically healthier, right? Uh-huh. Obviously, okay, right? Um, but I think where we would disagree is that I am I have a much more um, I have a um, I'm much more tolerant. I think of like I understand how someone can go from, um, you know, I say myself before I uh, I say myself for marriage. We got divorced because our marriage completely imploded. Now I'm single, and now I'm open to sleeping around a little bit more if it's if it's consensual. I'm like, listen, it's not my take. I'm not gonna. I don't think it's a wise decision. You don't you don't co-sign that. Though. I don't necessarily co-sign it, but I also am not gonna be like I condemn you for it either. Like, okay, w- I get w- it. Would you would you say, sis, I love you? That's unhelpful and unhealthy to you. If I had a friend in my life, uh-huh. right, who I was good friends with, yeah. who I had permission to speak into her sure. life, and they're like, hey, man, I think that, um, you know, I've just met a girl. We've been hanging out for a few days. I want to have sex. I'd be like, hey, man, like, all right, like, do your thing. Like, it is what it is. Oh, wow. If someone's like, hey, man, I want to go out and get shit-faced every night mm-hmm. and find someone to hook up with, that, you know, and we get drunk together, I'd be like, well, let's let's talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. Do you think, ultimately, is that a wise decision? Like, mm-hmm. what does that does that help you or that person? Yeah. You know, so I think, again, it's a little, it's a little more great You don't for think me. the dude meeting a girl and having a one-night stand or a second night is, is unhelpful? I didn't say that in my first example. Sorry. So you said you met somebody. We hung out a few times. I kind of okay, like her. I think you said. I, I thought I, that I heard you sorry. say two times. We I hung out two times. Sometimes. I want yeah, uh, to have, have sex. sex. Like, okay. You don't, you, you don't think that's counterintuitive to human flourishing? I would not like. I wouldn't stop him. But do you think it's counterintuitive to human flourishing? No, it's just sex. It's what does that mean? You don't think there's something unique and spiritual about sex? You know, I go back and forth on this. My wife and I talk about about this a lot too. Where we're kind of just like. If we didn't wait, would our sex be like any different now? And it's like, listen, technically, I'm a technical version, okay? Like, I have hooked up with my ex girlfriend at some point, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that I was taught like you, you, you have like these like spiritual soul ties to people. Mm-hmm. I have never thought about my ex girlfriend ever mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. being with my wife, like mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. So I just don't know. Like, I'm all about like the the gray and saying I want to make wise decisions, but also I don't know if, if it was as like. Oh my God! It's the biggest decision of your life. Well, like after my wife and I had sex for the first time, we were like, "Oh, that was cool." We weren't like, uh "Wow!" Like we're so. Were you guys both each other's first? Uh, as far as like full intercourse, yeah, yeah. 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 We were not crying. We weren't like, "Oh my God!" Like that was supposed to be. It was like, okay, that takes a while to get good at it, Tim. I know, and I well, I won't say that. <laughs> no, but, but but what I'm saying is, yeah. it was in my in my tradition, uh-huh. it was like over spiritual, over spiritualized. There's right? some purity culture influence in there, dude. Sure, totally. Sure. So what I'm saying is, if if your buddy met a girl and on a second night they're smashing, and then he continues down that trajectory, and in six months from then he has another girl that he meets in second night they're smashing, and then six months from now he has another girl he meets, yeah, in, yeah. That's not good. I think I would just start asking questions. Yeah. You know, I, that, I would, I'm someone, that is the type of sexual morality someone, you should flee for. I'm someone who approaches a lot with curiosity. Yeah. So I'd just be like, well, like, walk me through this. Like, you know, is it what you think? Like, are you enjoying it? Like, is this what you want to do long term? Like, I would ask questions. Like, keep your p- penis in your in your pants. There's nothing to walk me through. You, you're horny and you want to smash girls because girls are hot. Like, it's not super deep. Exactly. Not super yeah. deep. Yeah. It's that, but, but it is in terms of the ramifications of it. What's the ramification? Like, like, like I'm sorry, the reason isn't super deep, 
right? Like the reason is like you're you're a horny dude, yeah, and you want to smash. But the ramifications of what do you mean the ramifications? The ramifications that the, the, if you have over ten partners, you're it's harder to pair bond in a marriage. The ramifications of the more partners you have, the more likely you are to get divorced. The ramifications of more likely to catch STIs. Like there's all kinds of like tangible yeah, I'm ramifications. Yeah, not talking about some, like, dude. We, we so far example we, we have we have someone who had sex with two different women in like the span of two months. It's not ten people. Okay, so I'm trying. I'm just trying to understand. Like, I'm saying I'm saying the I, logical trajectory of, of of smashing on a second night. Spread out over the course of a, of a couple years, you're now in the, the 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 dozens and dozens, potentially hundreds of partners. I think this is where we have very different worlds that we intersect in. Yeah, because the people that I know who maybe aren't even Christian anymore, uh -huh. that's not like their thing. Okay, so like, I, so maybe I so don't, that maybe I don't have like a, I, a, I, a I, I know some dudes a compass for that. I know I know specifically one person I'm close with that's like notch count. Way up there. Oh, yeah, not really my thing. You know what I mean? And like, uh, well, I think that I that, think that is, and he cannot maintain a relationship. Yeah, yeah. He is struggling, dude. He's struggling. And and, and this is what I'll say. We, me and Zach were talking about this. Yeah, yeah. His current paradigm doesn't even serve him well. Yeah, yeah, totally. His own worldview is harming him. So I, let me, let me come a little bit your way. You've 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 done a lot of like trying to see my side on things. Okay. I appreciate that. You know, I I will say for me personally, when it comes to like hookup culture, mm -hmm. I think ultimately it's dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think what it does is it treats people as like objects, no matter who they are. Sure. I think when alcohol is involved, it gets really murky really quick. With would you do that if you weren't intoxicated? Sure. I do think that there are. Um, Men out there who just want to get their notch count up. But again, mm -hmm. I think dehumanizes women. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, you're never going to hear us talk about you know, hey, like uh, the more you you smash, the better. You know, mm -hmm. we're all about, and this is where I get more back to my Bible. Like I think mm -hmm. that that there's a biblical narrative, and this is Tim Mackey, Bible Project, mm -hmm. about like wisdom. How do mm -hmm. we partner with the wisdom of God to make wise decisions? That's good. Right. That's and good. so to me, wisdom is not a binary. Mm -hmm. It is situational, mm -hmm. and I do think that that there, it's maybe a little more flexible with some of the stuff than maybe you and I would agree with. Mm -hmm. At the same time. There comes a point where it's like, well, is this wise anymore? Like, what yeah. is the benefit for you and that person? Yeah. And like, I don't know, man. Like, if you're if we're talking about dozens of people, mm -hmm. like, what what's going on there, right? Mm -hmm. So, from the Christian perspective, I would have wisdom is really important for me. Yeah, man. And I would just say does that makes sense. It, it does. And I would just say the I think the wisdom is there to point us to restraint, and restraint is ultimately great. It's a great muscle to develop. And like, I was just on the Whatever podcast, and I was with two girls who were both self-professed Christians, uh, one of which is an OnlyFans model and uh, a MAGA Trump conservative. Craziest what? thing. I, I'll send you the video. You end up in weird places, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> and, the, and check this out. The other one has been going to church fairly regularly. And, and they do this weird thing on the whatever podcast where they go around and make everybody tell their notch count. And both of these girls is like 30, 40, 50 partners. Okay? It, dude, someone could end up there like that. And that... That has consequences. There's actual depletion of the ability to pair bond in a long-term relationship when yeah. you get into those numbers. I think we you see what I'm saying? And so I, I think do. there's a lot more Christians, Christians that are there, cultural Christians that go to church, cultural Christians that are, I'm a MAGA conservative, America. And it's like, sweetheart, you're you're an OnlyFans model. Like yeah, you know I, what I mean? I think what it, I think where it gets a little tricky for me is like I don't think it's the job of and I think we would disagree a little bit on this one, but like I tend to be very careful with how I critique that stuff online mm -hmm. because I don't want to come across as someone who's like, hey, you person I don't even know, you have to do this this way. I think that, that could be a problem for me. Um, my hope yep. is that those people have communities mm -hmm. that love and support them and are mm -hmm. like, hey, can we just kind of be friends with you and like help you navigate some of this stuff? Mm -hmm. So again, I, I personally, man, like I am just someone who's like, 
But why not? Which is not my responsibility. That's fair. But I'm saying I don't. I think I understand your position, and I think it's. I, I get how you came to that conclusion. But I'm also like, man, I feel compelled to tell people the truth. Like, and the truth is, if you wait until marriage, if you get a full time job. If you avoid having kids out of wedlock, yes, the I know. Shapiro I know. Argument, I, know yes. I know. Those are like uh, cliche conservative talking points. Yeah. But the data is the data, man. Yeah. That if you actually do things God's way, you are less likely to end up in poverty. You're less likely to end up with a mental breakdown. You're less likely to end up suicidal or depressed. You're less likely to go through a lot of our society. You're less likely to end up with an unwanted pregnancy, right? So like. When you talk about the wisdom of God, like, yes, sometimes it's situational. Should I go into business with this person? Should I not go into business? Should we start this? Should we not? I get it. There's other stuff, man, that I think is pretty cut and dry. All right. I, I hear you, but I would, you know. You would disagree. Okay. Well, uh, to, to a degree, yeah. To but a degree, degree. I don't know about okay. the new can of worms, you know. No, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> I want to show you something. I want to see what you think about this. Oh, boy. This, this is, surprises. This is Comerica, America becoming more conservative from 2022 to 2023. I want to know what you think about this because we're becoming more bigoted and homophobic. Um, there's, it's up there. It's up there. So here's where America is. Regard, this is uh, 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 Gallup, by the way. So this isn't like something fringe or Fox News. Regardless of whether you think the issue should be legal for each one, please tell me whether you personally believe it is morally acceptable or morally wrong. Okay? Got it. Figures of the percentage saying they are morally acceptable. So in, in, in 2002, 92% of the population... 2022. So, excuse me, thank you. 2022, 92% of the population thought birth control was morally acceptable. Now it's 88%. Yep. Okay, divorce, 80, 81%. Now it's 78%. Okay, so that, that means that it, it went down. Less people think divorce is morally acceptable. Um, sex between unmarried man and woman, um, 4%. That went down. So less people think fornication is okay. Having a baby outside of marriage, 70%. That stayed steady. Gambling went down. Interesting. Here's a, here's a crazy one. Gay or lesbian relationships, seven points down. 64% um, think it's morally acceptable in 2002. 2002, 71% did. Mm -hmm. okay? The death penalty has went up. Yeah. That's I'm not surprised at all by this. That's crazy. Um Medically testing on animals, sex between teenagers went down. I think that's a that's a W. Um, pornography, thirty nine percent think it's appropriate, yeah. and in twenty twenty two, only forty forty one percent thought that went down. Um, and so, uh, married men and women having a, having an affair. I don't know if this is like the Andrew Tate syndrome. That's syndrome a weird one. Went up. That went up, bro. Crazy. That one's right? surprising to me. That is surprising. Suicide went down. Yeah. Uh, more less people think suicide is appropriate. So, uh, okay, this is polygamy. When a person has more than one spouse at the same time, that stayed that stayed the same, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it seems like there's a a, a, a our, the country seems to be shifting more conservative in terms of morality, right? And I'm curious to to think like what what is your thoughts on it? I know you think like the the right has gone further right. I well, think, this is the symptom of the right wing media complex. You think this is the right? This is media, dude. When you have yeah, I think about Matt Walsh, Candace Owens, uh -huh. uh, Ben Shapiro, Charlie Kirk. These people. I just did the math on this for some research. Uh -huh. You know, the Daily Wire, Turning Point, The Blaze, mm -hmm. and PragerU mm -hmm. do. Um, $315 million a year in funding between them. Mm -hmm. Okay, they just their accounts alone, not even their personality accounts, mm -hmm. 23 million followers. Say that, say that, uh, the, the first number again. $315 million in annual funding between them. Oh, okay. I, it's actually less than I thought it was. $315, a third of a billion dollars between four organizations. I, thought, I honestly thought it was bigger. Daily Wired is 150 
150 million. I, th- I thought it was bigger. Turning point, 55 million. Yeah. And they jumped up big time. Prager U65. Turning, turning point is Charlie Kirk? Yep. Turning okay. point USA, 55 million. That's, I, okay, so I thought he was, I thought he made less than that. That's he, crazy. He jumped from 2016 to 2 million, 5 million up to 55 million by 2022 because there's big funding behind these people. Uh, and Who's the, funding it? Is this private donations? Uh, so it's a combination. It depends on, the packs orga- or? depends on the organization. Um, turning point, for example, definitely has grassroots. They're a nonprofit, uh-huh. but there are some billionaires that back these people. There's a okay. whole article that we've done on this before. Fair enough. Um, anyway, so this to me is actually just um, is actually the result of I think very effective right wing media talking points. 100%. Okay. So, 100%. so 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 let's be fair. So I think um, I think that the reason why Andrew Tate is pervasive, okay, is because of half truths being said with very wrong prescriptions. Okay. okay. So Andrew Tate is per- per- perva- uh, pervasive, meaning he's spreading, because um, it's not that there are aspects that some men exhibit that are wrong and should be corrected in sinful behaviors. It's that manhood as a whole is toxic. Mas- toxic masculinity is always generalized. And so someone like Andrew Tate comes in and he goes, no, being competent, strong, capable, being an earner and a provider, those are good attributes. The world's lying to you. They think that you. They want to keep you weak and docile. It's pervasive because there's a half truth baked into it. Okay. So, do you think that the reason why the Daily Wires and the Turning Points? I'm not super familiar with all of Turning Points content, but I consume some Daily Wire stuff. Do you, like, like if you had the Steel Man, like why do you think it's so pervasive? Like, I can Steel Man Andrew Tate. Do I completely disagree with his con- conclusions and pre- pre- uh, presuppositions and his prescriptions of the world? I think he's wrong on. Yeah. A lot of stuff, right? Okay. But I also understand why he's pervasive. I think it's a it's a yo-yo from the opposite extreme. It's a yo-yo from men oftentimes getting blamed for almost everything in society. Oh. Right. Um, and he steps uh, in. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, every a lot of stuff goes back to the patriarchy, right? Like if whenever we're talking about it's like patriarchy, patriarchy. Yeah, because they're not patriarchy. getting blamed. Women are the ones getting blamed for all this okay. stuff. So so we would disagree on who is and isn't getting blamed. But, totally. But there, but there is a demographic that he's resonating with. That I think yeah, incels. <laughs> it's, it's not just incels, dude. The guy. I promise on, you, it's not just incels. I, if there was just incels, there wouldn't be women talking about their husbands and their boyfriends. Yeah, the trad movement is that we're gonna get into. No, no, not the trad movement. Another, another I'm, talk, I'm talking about women. And, women saying their boyfriends and husbands have been uh, 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 contaminated by Andrew Tate, and all of a sudden they're getting weird. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so like, if you have the steel man, like, why do you think America is becoming seemingly more conservative, or or why is Daily Wire pervasive? Why are these organizations pervasive? Uh, I think that the reason why Daily Wire is pervasive is a they 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 play on a pretty classical American um, ideal mm-hmm. of. Um, hey, this country was once great. We have to get back to being great. And this uh, this other group is the one who's responsible for all of your problems. What other group? Uh, it, it depends. It okay. could be the liberals. It could be the gays. It could be CRT. It could be uh, Black Lives Matter. It could be wokeness. Uh-huh. And you just insert whatever that culture war talking point is sure. in that moment. And they're also very effective. And they're also good at pulling up antidotal evidence to kind of draw a bigger conclusion, right? So if you pull something of like, oh, this school district did this thing, mm-hmm. suddenly people go, oh my God, there is this pervasive thing happening among the entire in, uh, in, uh, national school system of like this thing happening, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's part of why they're really effective at that. Plus they have a huge ally in evangelical spaces. Like mm-hmm. evangelical pastors love their stuff. They tend to align more politically thanks to what you know the moral majority has built 
built on over time, mm-hmm. with the politics and theology kind of becoming more and more enmeshed, which mm-hmm. we can track through the evangelical movement and how that has shifted to over time. Yeah. So I think that that those people play on that. They also play off the idea that we were a Christian nation and that this enemy named secularism wants to take away all of your rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they're just really good at pulling pretty classic like fear-mongering tactics that have worked effectively to convince people that, you know, hey, at any day now, you could be thrown in prison for your faith. And that's not an exaggeration because when I was at the Charlie Charlie Kirk's uh, Turning Point Pastor Summit, Uh I watched a lead pastor say say that that several times. That's amazing. Like, hey, guys, any time now, Joe Biden's America, you could be thrown in prison (gasps) to amens. Oh, my God. So I I do think absolutely that— That wasn't a real steel man, but I think think that does this fair. That's what what they do. That's what they say. No, no, but a steel man is you're going to give them a good faith argument for why they're— Oh, my apologies. You're right. You're right. I went to negative. I think the good faith argument would be— Hey guys, America is the best nation on earth. It's okay. been, we've been blessed, and there um, we need to protect our rich heritage. Uh-huh. Um, and there are people and forces in the world who want to destroy everything that makes America and Western civilization great. Mm-hmm. And these are the threats, and here's why: mm-hmm. they want to attack the family unit. They want to redefine gender roles. They want to make us a less Christianized country. Mm-hmm. And our morals come from a Judeo-Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we preserve that, so we can preserve the nation for our kids mm-hmm. and our and our preserving human flourishing. Mm-hmm. How's that? That was, that, was a, that was a great steel man. There One time, go. I'm gonna give you the, uh, the, uh, Thank you. the <laughs> that was good. So, so it's 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 becoming. So there's two sides, right? Because I don't. This is what I don't do. I don't do the appeal to motive fallacy. So I don't think that uh, Ben Shapiro is intentionally fear mongering. I mm-hmm. think he's doing what you you described. And then I think a proxy of that is dunk on the libs. Let's just dunk on everybody and make them seem stupid, right? I think the flip yeah. side to that is. I think it would be disingenuous to not acknowledge that, whether it's postmodernity, secularism, um, whatever you want to call it, that there is not remnants of a of a paradigm and a worldview that's in complete contrast with uh, the areas of and, and ideals that we've fallen short in. America has things we've fallen short in. If we didn't, there wouldn't even be the idea of, of pointing people back to that. But there seems there definitely seems to be a, a paradigm, and, and, and I'm not talking about no conspiracy theory, uh, Frankfurt School of University stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Frankfurt uh, School. Yeah, but but I'm but I'm but I'm genuinely like, do you do you see some of that? Like, do you see like the desire to wipe away any objective morality? The way to even the even the phrase "your truth and my truth," right? You don't see any of that as like. Taking taking culture by by storm and 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 like searing people's conscience. Uh, I mean, I've interviewed a few scholars, philosophers about postmodernism and just like what it actually is versus how it's portrayed. I'm not going to claim to be an expert to repeat that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that the idea of your truth, my truth, is saying that we can live lives differently and be okay. Mm-hmm. It's fighting against this idea. I think of this religious perspective of hey, either you do it quote unquote God's way or you're just going to fail at everything. So I think that's kind of more what it's getting at. Um, I think that morality is really complicated, as we talked about. I mean, you made it, I used to I use this example actually often, mm-hmm. and you use it already, where mm-hmm. it's like, is lying wrong? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. You know, how many if you're, if you're, if you're going to protect sure, you? Sure, sure. Right. Well, it's different. And so, like, I think it's just acknowledging that. Listen, m- modernity did a lot of good for us, uh-huh. clearly, but it made promises that I think it couldn't keep. Like yeah. we can we can absolutely unpack the foundational objective morality of things. Yeah. And life is way more. Complicated than I think, blank I think, I think it also made some promises about equality, about uh, you know everyone having a shot at life, liberty, right? Or those things. Like there were some actual promises made that 
I think the founding fathers, at least in document, did that that they fell short on, right? The society oh, no doubt. I mean, this is like Frederick Douglass, you know, absolutely, uh, well, yeah, right? Yeah, for and, sure. and so I think James Baldwin, you, et cetera. You, you bring up Frederick Douglass, James Baldwin. I would say Martin Luther King Jr. T- totally pointing back to the actual ideals that we had and saying, America, we fell short in these areas. Yeah, we could do better. Totally. Versus saying, let's let's burn the whole thing down. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not okay. I'll put it this way. I'm sure that you know people. I'm sure we can find people who would say, let's burn the whole thing down. Mm-hmm. I'm not aware of people with serious power who are like, let's burn the whole thing down. I think a lot of the things I hear from people who are trying to change things is kind of harkening back to that. Like, hey, we have ideals that we're not living, that, that we're not living up to. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, for me, the way I see it, like how, how I, I critique the church. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, I critique you because I know the church can do better than what mm-hmm. it's doing now, mm-hmm. right? And I do think, by the way, that some of the stuff inside the church culture has mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. I think that we we do have to gut out some of the systemic issues that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can totally see how someone's like, yeah, we have to get rid of like the fact that like we're still dealing with systemic racism in this country in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, right? So like I understand that, but I don't think I'm not aware of people that I work with anyway mm-hmm. who are like, oh, we need to like burn the whole thing down. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say burn well, I mean, dude, a lot of the a lot of the founders of Black Lives Matter, the organization, not the movement. We're we're definitely on some like um, the system needs to completely. Well, burn. yeah. The, well, I mean, we need we, to disrupt the nuclear family, right? So, like there was there was there was things that they took off their website after they got called yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That and and these and this are massively pervasive, right? If you're talking about Kimdi, the only way to to combat past discrimination was a future discrimination. Yes, yeah, so but she's unpacking. Have you read the book? I don't need to read the book. But, but you'll pull the quote out. Come on, read the whole. Okay. If you read that chapter, what he's talking what about. What is he talking about? He he uses he uses another example. Uh-huh. He uses actually COVID. Okay. He goes, hey, when COVID happened, uh-huh. we had to prioritize elderly people mm-hmm. to make sure that they were okay first, mm-hmm. and then you know get vaccines out to everyone else. Mm-hmm. He goes, that's a form of discrimination. Mm-hmm. We discriminated to make sure that they yeah, were okay. Yeah, that's a bad and parallel. his point, hey, you can call whatever you want, but yeah. but but what I don't want people to think is that like he's arguing for how it's been twisted. The idea is that when. when if a runner breaks, if a runner is on a track with other uh-huh. runners, uh-huh. and someone breaks that person's leg, uh-huh. and then they all go running, it's still not a fair race because uh-huh. their leg was broken. Uh-huh. That's the idea. Is like the black community in particular has been set so far behind the eight ball thanks to things like the Tulsa race massacre, mm-hmm. thanks to things like that we, we saw during civil rights mm-hmm. redlining. We can go down the list. We, sure, and sure, we would sure. agree here. I think a lot of this stuff, yes. right? So giving them, giving those groups, or making room, or giving them a boost up to get them up to speed, mm-hmm. so they have access to equal opportunity is is a good thing. I think access to equal opportunity is different than access to equal outcomes. For uh, but that's not the same thing. E- equal but it oppor- is different. I agree. Okay. And we're talking about equal opportunity. opportunity. I think every I think okay. every American when, when you're, when I think you, every American would say, I want people to have a shot. Right, but they don't know what that means. Because okay. how do you fix that? How do you fix the war on crime, uh, the war on drugs from Nixon, where they admitted that it was really about in- incarcerating yep. black men? Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. this whole talk about the well, you, over, you, over, you overturned the the hundred to one coke and crack disparity, which was right. But the effects of those people still in prison is still a thing. Well, if 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 someone's in prison for the the hundred to one coke to crack disparity, which I don't know, folks from the eighties and nineties are still. In but prison what I'm saying that. is hypothetically, that gutted black communities. Yeah, no, no, right? no, no. I'm agreeing right. with you. Right, right. I'm just saying, like, if that law was overturned. Right. If we overturn that law, if 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 it was Alabama the last law, last state to overturn uh, interracial marriage, right in the year two thousand, if these laws have changed, right, and then what are we talking about? Then we're talking about policies like affirmative action that is attempting to give black people a boost, but it's really white women benefiting from it, from it, and it's hurting Asian students. Like that's how that policy pragmatically played yeah, out. I, I, you see what I'm saying? So like, I think a lot of these uh, laws to 
create new discrimination are good in intent, but I think they hurt people. Like I think they hurt other I mean, it's, people. It's the civil rights movement, man. It's forced integration. Right, yeah, the I, government I think, eventually said you're not doing this, so we're going to force you to integrate. Right, right, right. Now. I think that's different so, than saying. Well, it's different because we're not in that moment in history. Well, if we were, we'd be having the but, same but, conversation. But, but I would say, like, it's different if there's an Asian student that is a 99 percent uh, percentile, and then you you bring in someone that's an 87 percent percentile and give that person the shot. Like, that's hurting a different minority now, and that's how a lot of affirmative action played out. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't know much about how yeah. it played out. I got to be honest with you on that. I, I read what I could when the whole thing kind of came out. You do out. know that white women benefited the most from affirmative I action. I know very little about okay, the, uh, the okay. implication. Uh, frankly, yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, I'm just saying, I, I think a lot of policies are intended to help and they hurt. I think that's what ends up happening. Uh, well, then what's what's the other solution then? You just keep things as the status quo. We go back to color blindness in terms of well, well, well like, I, like I said like, nothing about color blindness. Well, what I'm trying to say is like if if the if we're, if we're not trying to make policies to fix yeah, yeah, the yeah. problems that we've caused other people groups, yeah. okay? Yeah, like like you know we as a, as a country. Sure. Um, what what is the other answer? Then? Other, other more answers. free markets. Are you familiar with Homeboy Industries? Uh oh, I know that name. Is he the Catholic priest dude? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Are you familiar with his work? Not much of okay. it. Uh, Homeboy Industries is a nonprofit in uh -huh. downtown LA. Uh -huh. It is, it's almost became like a truce area, a neutral area for gang members. They can come in, they can get skilled, they can get certified, they can develop um, um, trades, craftsmen, and then they're they're working towards getting people jobs, getting people opportunities. I think the solutions is in equipping people for financial literacy, dealing with their mental health. And allowing them to move up and, and create better economic opportunities for themselves. I think that's how you you, you combat it. I think Homeboy Industries is a, is a is a beacon of light. I got another buddy of mine who runs a nonprofit down the street, and so it's, essentially a, it's a what, shelter. What it's I hear a, you saying is that one of the solutions then is if you're born. I live in New Jersey, one mm -hmm. of the uh, cities is Camden, Camden, mm -hmm. very poor area. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm familiar with that. Area, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the solution is, hey, if you're born in Camden. Mm -hmm. Just gotta work extra hard, man. No, and no, just, no, no. That's not what I just said. Yeah, I said financially I, literate. No, 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 no. I said what I painted you was what Matthew twenty five describes. Matthew twenty five describes the parable of the talents, right? You, you, you're familiar with the yes. parable of talents. I'm not that far gone. Okay, well, you know, you said you don't <laughs> pray anymore, so I'm like, I don't know where this man is at. Matthew twenty five goes from the parable of the talents. And then the, the interesting thing, which is, by the way, very capitalistic and like work hard, right? Oh, okay. But 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 let, let me get there. I'm getting there. And then for Matthew 25, the parable ends, uh, that parable ends, and then he goes right into caring for the least of these. And people compartmentalize those two passages. Uh -huh. Parable of the talents, yay, entrepreneurship, rich, you know, all that stuff. Get it, right? But it goes right into caring for the least of these. It goes right into when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was when I was homeless, you took me in. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. Right. So I, I think the solution is those folks who are capable and have the resources build something for your life, and then go and help other people. Right. Go and help other people. I think when we're looking at um, there's a, a in, in First Timothy, he talks about the widows in the church. Right. And he says, hey, there's widows in the church. Some of them are young. Listen, if they're gonna if they're gonna be busybodies, they should just get remarried. There's other widows in the church that uh, have families. Hey, you should take care of the widows that are a part of your family. Any man that doesn't provide for the needs of his of his family, specifically his immediate family, he's worse than a non-believer, is denied of faith, right? And then there's the widows who are uh, uh, who don't have anyone. Those are the widows that the church should take care of, right? Uh -huh. And so there's this there's this system of of hey, we as the hands and feet of Jesus 
those of us that are capable, yeah. go and create opportunities for the people. Right. So, so I mean, I'm trying to remember. So I would I would point it back to personal charity. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which is not working. Based on what? Based on all the stats. Are you kidding what, me? On what stats? Okay, the average BIPOC worker makes fifteen dollars an hour or less. What, what's it? Well, BIPOC worker. What are you talking about? Black Indigenous people of color. BIPOC. Okay. okay. They make fifteen dollars an hour or less. Okay. The average single uh, parent who works full time, mm -hmm. fifteen dollars or less. Mm -hmm. The wealth gap in this country is bigger than ever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Poverty has not even come close to being even limited, let alone like helped. Mm -hmm. And also, how about passages like James 5? Are those for you as... as as? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the warning about like, woe to you rich oppressors yeah. who do not pay your employees fairly. Yeah. So like, yeah. What, what do you, you see? You could ask my employees. No, not you. I'm, I'm saying, I'm asking like... <laughs> they does that, they does get that compensated. Have, they get that, a percentage too yeah, every yeah, month. How much you guys get paid? Yeah, you guys get 401k? <laughs> um, but like, does that have any implication for like how yeah. we critique systems and how we critique well, again, business, think, how we critique corporate capitalism? I think there's a difference between systems and individual systems are always right. going to be jacked up. You're individualizing the Bible as oh, well, no, because there was no systems back then. Yes, there were. There was the Roman Empire. That the was system of the empire. Yes, that was extremely oppressive to Christians. Which was nothing like our capitalist society today. Right? It was During worse. Day. It was a hundred times worse. Oh, t depending on who you were. It is a hundred times worse for the people that were that were reading those scriptures at the time. Oh, totally. Yeah, okay. because they were they were Jewish they were people Jewish under people. the empire. Yes, of course. It was worse for them. Yeah. Okay. So we're living in a time where even poor people have a better experience than rich people from 150 no, years ago. No, this is a bad argument because what is the standard of living that they need? If you can't get affordable health care, if you're eating shitty food all the time, uh -huh. if you're worried to death that you can't pay rent, uh -huh. though even though we have more technology, okay. people still air the conditioning, same. shelter, cars. Some of them do. We have over half a million people who are currently unhoused and we have more houses yeah. available that are vacant for those people. Well, that's that, that. Okay. So there we're talking about, that's a system issue. If we have, if we have so empty, is, empty retail spaces that are sitting vacant and we can't rezone those areas and to houses. make them, to make them houses too, houses too. And we can't rezone those areas and we can't figure out a way to do that. The, I think the homelessness issue goes back to when we opened up the uh, mental institutions. I think that's really the root of it. If you look at the number of beds people had per, um, the number of beds people had way back in uh, uh in the was it the fifties, and then now there's way less beds per hundred thousand people than there were in the fifties and sixties, and we shut down so many mental institutions because this is the give and take. Do you do you, do you institutionalize people without their bodily consent if they're not a threat to themselves and somebody else, or do you institutionalize them against their will? And we said we that's wrong. We so a lot of these institutions shut down. There's less beds for mental illness stuff today than there was 50 years ago, which is crazy per per, per capita. And what happened? Homelessness went up, mental illness went up, mass shootings went up. All these things went up on the byproduct of that. So I think that I think the homelessness issue. I think is way less uh, capitalism's bad, and I think it's way more mental illness and a lack of, of but resources that is, for people. That is also okay. And listen, I'm going to be clear. I'm, I'm not necessarily, you know, like, oh, capitalism has to be destroyed. I get we live in a capitalist society, mm -hmm. but we, we have to understand the problem. That is a problem of capitalism. How is okay. that a problem of capitalism? Because we don't have affordable health care in this country. It's all based on a capitalist society. So if you can't afford health care, if you can't afford your premium, you, you can't get New Jersey. You guys don't have affordable health care. Uh, we it depends how much money you make, right? So, so what we I'm, have we have covered California. No, we don't have that. Okay, so uh, affordable health care passed with Obama. California got covered. California. The reason I was able to quit my job in 2015 is because I got covered. California. My health insurance went. I, I would have paid fifteen hundred dollars for my family on the free market. Sounds about right. Right. Yeah. I I was able to quit my job when we were paying three hundred dollars a month on on through Covered California. Mm -hmm. And 
I think we all have covered California. Yeah. So I have, we have New Jersey Family Care, okay. which if you make essentially a poverty wage, you can mm-hmm. get coverage. But once you jump $1 over that, yeah. you're no longer able to get coverage, yeah, we, right? So we, there's a huge dilemma. So we've been able and to then, maintain coverage and we don't we don't make a poverty So wage. then what happens is New Jersey has another option, which mm-hmm. uh, essentially they subsidize, depending on how much money you make, up yeah. to a certain amount, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what you might be paying for a healthcare cost, right? Mm-hmm. But that's only if you're in a state that has those programs. Many mm-hmm. do not. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of my point is like, I think what I'm trying to say ultimately is we live in the world's richest country. Like mm-hmm. literally, financially, we have the most wealth like per capita sure. anywhere, right? Sure, 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 sure. We have no excuse not to be able to provide things to people that they need to survive in a society, whether it's housing or yeah. affordable health care. Yeah. And if we can if we can fuel our military industrial complex by almost a trillion dollars a year, mm-hmm. you're telling me we can't figure out like some of these other issues that other countries with less wealth than us do mm-hmm. pretty darn well. Not perfect. No system is perfect. I don't mm-hmm. think it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But there are systems and people who live in the world who mm-hmm. are like, you guys worry about your health care. You worry yeah. about if you leave your job mm-hmm. losing your health care. Mm-hmm. So like I'm just I use that point a lot because it's like that's a great example of we could fix this stuff. Yeah, but I think we don't. I think, I think I think it's not. We could fix it. Sure enough, fair enough. I think we could fix it. I think the government's too inflated, and inefficient to fix nah. it. I think it's too inflated, and inefficient to fix it. I oh, mean, that's a good for, for 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 covered California and for Obamacare when it passed. There was a lot of other issues around it, infrastructure-wise. Other people whose rates did go way up. Totally right. So there's there, yeah. there, there's there's a there's it was a, a horrible compromise. Yeah, it was, because, a, it was a tough compromise. and I was alive during that time. Mm-hmm. I know what the talking point was from every single Republican sure. ever. It's sure. socialism. It's Marxism. They fought that bill tooth and nail mm-hmm. to make it help help make it what it was. Right. I'm not saying Democrats are innocent or that they don't that, yeah. they, that they don't I, do bad things. I'm just saying that. Listen, in my tradition, dude. Uh-huh. Here's what I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. In my faith tradition, mm-hmm. okay, the political perspective you had as a quote. Jesus follower mm-hmm. was welfare is Marxism and socialists. Mm-hmm. People need to work harder to get jobs. Poor mm-hmm. people are just lazy. Mm-hmm. People who don't have health care probably don't work hard enough. We mm-hmm. can't give affordable health care because that's yeah. socialism yeah. and that's the Christian way. Oh, also, yeah. can we also I think, can we also minimize the amount of regulations for access to guns? That's you're a good Christian. I think I think when you are describing policy things and you're connecting them to faith, I understand how that can be murky. Okay. I think here is one of the areas I say we have we have to compartmentalize a little bit. And we have to say these are different policies that impact people differently. So do I think right now in 2023 with all the access to technology and all the access to trade schools and all the access to learn and all the access to do all the stuff somebody can learn, whether they're in the Appalachian Mountains of West Virginia or they're in Florida, like people have more access to education. People have more access to learning skills than ever before. And I think, and, and, it's, and it's not as shallow as, Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. That's not what I'm Do saying. You have, not to put you. First off, I'm reading this person's comment. It's hilarious. Honestly, it was easier to listen to the chick on the whatever podcast and listen to Tim. Thank you. Yeah, he's 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 thank he's, you so he's, he's trying to roast you. He's trying to roast <laughs> I've been you. roasted. Yeah. Make sure you give me a follow though. But really quick, I mean, do you have like my understanding in particular of the Appalachian folks? Like mm-hmm. they have access to almost nothing. Like they are the epitome of, of poor whites in America. Mm-hmm. Do they have access to trade schools? Like how would they even get well, there? I, I don't know about trade schools, but I'm saying they 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 have access to pulling up YouTube and and developing and uh, learning a skill. Uh, you can learn okay. almost any new skill within yeah. 24 hours. I mean that no I I don't mean to downplay but that sounds to me like hey listen you can be your own boss babe just join my MLM like you you can get the you can get the Ferrari too if you just work hard enough. It's like, no it's not that simple the system is stacked against the person in the MLM to get that thing. Okay. Right? So like you can say hey go on YouTube it's all there but there's other things in place that factor <clears throat> into that person not succeeding that are outside of their control. 
if someone right now has a computer or a phone, uh-huh. they can learn how to edit video right now. I'm using the most tangible, practical example right now. They can reach out to a plethora of creators and get paid to make short con- short form content right now. No, they cannot. I, I, I'm you telling need, you, you I'm telling have... you, I know people that I've personally hired. Yeah, right. Tim, that yep. I've personally hired that yeah. had no video experience. Right. That I said, hey, take a, take this conversation with me and Tim, chop it up, make it into a short, we'll pay you X amount. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've had people reach out and build agencies for themselves, right. Tim. But and, those and listen, are... let me finish my thought. And and they make a couple grand for me every month. And then they 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 ask me if I can connect them with someone else. Then they hire uh, another client then they hire another client and before you know it they're making 10 grand a month uh-huh and they and they're doing it on an ipad and on a phone uh-huh like that's happening right now. i understand that but okay. what i'm saying is you're telling there's this, no system suppressing are, them bro there's no there's are, no one keeping them from doing that no dude you are telling the story uh-huh. of what multi-level marketing people tell their followers hey here's our success here's the for every one of those there are a thousand that aren't there dude because of other reasons how like do you what? buy a computer how do you buy a computer? You go to library and use a computer. Oh, okay. So you're you, okay. So you're telling me that what they have to do is they have to somehow get your content on yeah. a library computer, okay, how can load a, a Final Cut, edit it, and learn it themselves, well, and then grow a business. You, how much you think? How much you think a computer is they need for editing? Yeah, software. Yeah, ballpark. Just give me a ballpark. Ah, uh, I mean, well, plus the software too, probably right. Okay, software thousand bucks. Okay, thousand bucks. You yeah. don't think someone can scrape up a thousand bucks to get an M1 in the Appalachian Air. Mountains? Probably I don't know. About, I don't know about the Appalachian Mountains. That's my point, okay. dude. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Let's just let's just remove the Appalachian. Mountains. Let's just say the Appalachian but Mountains they exist. are North Korea. Systemic it's just, they're just problems isolated. deserve systemic solutions. They, they, they're, they're isolated from all the civilization. No one's helping them. They 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 can't go and make any money because let's just let's just say that. Let, let let let's say I can see the point. Okay, let's say I can see the point. You think the average American right now can't scrape together a thousand dollars right now? to go buy a laptop right now and figure out a skill or a trade to start earning more money for themselves. You should look up how much the average American has in their savings account right now. Oh, it's awful. Thank you. It's There's awful. my point. Yeah, the average American 60, can't take a $1,000 hit to 60, anything. 60% of them, when well, there's more than that, 70% it's high. living it's paycheck high. to paycheck. Most people can't afford it's a $1,000. like $500 bucks emergency. in like their savings? Yeah, it's brutal. Okay, so there's your $1,000 that they can't it's scrape brutal. up. It's there brutal. you go. That's my answer. 75% of Americans are also overweight, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's a real statistic. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, you, you right? Because look at our food supply. Have you watched Food Inc? Yes. All right. So yes. you know that so, the food that we're getting so, fed so, is garbage because the corporations want to count. They want. They would rather make the profit uh-huh. than actually feed people healthy, nutritious food. It is cheaper for McDonald's to make a cheap burger full of garbage yeah. and sell it for two ninety nine than uh-huh. it is for them to actually sell people healthy meat. Okay. So like, I'm just trying to make the point that again, I'm not trying to sound super extreme. I get that there is, of course, a level of personal responsibility. Yes. But if we don't acknowledge that there are systems that are benefiting. Uh-huh. At the expense of other people, yes. right, and that have been put in place before yes. that we still have ripple effects mm-hmm. of systemic I'm not, issues. I'm not need denying, systemic solutions, dude. Tim, I'm not denying that there's not crazy subsidies between the government and the sugar companies and the corn companies. I'm not denying that. Yeah, obviously there's there's systems and obviously there's issues in place. Great. I'm saying I don't bank on you and me or. If we were to combine all of our audiences, that we're going to overturn the fact that sugar is pumped into all of our food. I'm not banking on that, bro. I'm uh-huh. not banking on we're going to overturn high fructose corn syrup so that that's not the food easily available. I'm saying this, the, the, the human spirit has the capacity to do way more when it's, when it's packaged with right information and when it's given a demonstration of said right information. I'm saying that 
I made a video three years ago when I was broke about everything I spend at Aldi's to hit my macronutrient goal and be able to consume 180 grams of protein every day and get shredded in 2019 when I was broke, when I was just a full-time Christian rapper. And I put that video on YouTube and it cost me 32 bucks a week shopping at Aldi's. Let's adjust for inflation. Let's say it's 40 bucks a week shopping at Aldi's. People can do it, man. Like people can do it. And I'm just saying, I'm not banking on the government to change. Okay. I'm not going I'm not banking on the system to get overturned anytime soon. I don't think that's I don't think that's plausible. I'm banking on the human spirit and saying this is what we got. It's the best time to be alive, it's the worst time to be alive. It's an amazing time to go and build a business. It's also very hard. It's also yeah. very competitive. That's where we're at right now, dude. Okay. And so I think it's like if we're going to point to all these systemic issues, I think I think there's a much stronger argument to make for food. Like I think food is a real one that I would get with you with. Um, food deserts, all that kind of stuff. I think some of the other stuff of like, you know, all of a sudden people are incapable of learning how to learn. I think that some of that goes back to environment, but I think some of that just goes back to information. And I think now we have more information than ever, man. Yeah, well, I, I do think ultimately the livable wage issue is probably the biggest issue for me. Like people who deserve, I mean, the agreement was, right, if you work hard, you can make it. People do work. I mean, people work two, three jobs sometimes and they make like poverty wages. You know, I think that, that, yes. that a livable I, wage is very important. And I would say a livable wage is something that is not a, is not a minimum wage. I don't think the minimum wage was ever intended to be a little. Oh, it wage. was. It, it was. It was. Yes. Look up the work. The work of uh, Robert Reich. I think his name okay. is because because everything I've looked into the the minimum wage, um, or even how the minimum wage has hurt entry level pay. I've never seen anybody say that that was intended. Meaning that the person when I was at uh, Pizza Hut working for a minimum wage, never in a thousand years that I expect that. No, right. But in the seventies, and when they, when it was first formed, it was designed okay. to get people a rock bottom. You have to earn at least this much so you can survive in the country. Got it. And okay. that, that thing has not changed with adjusted for it. inflation. Well, to your point, a lot of things change. Morality changes. True. Right? And so it's like, that's not the reality anymore. So right, then, but it should be. It's hurting well, people. Okay. So, or, or, or what? We go, hey, you're 17, 18, 19 years old, 16 to whatever. You're just entering the labor force. Go work at McDonald's. That's a bad stat. Almost half those people are above let, 25 let me, or older. Let, let me finish my thought. Okay, sorry. Go I'm, work I'm at McDonald's. Go work at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Go work whatever. Which, by the way, I think Chick-fil-A, you probably hate Chick-fil-A, but I think they do a great job of, of equipping leaders and, and training people and developing those virtues for them to go and do other things and crush. Go do that for a couple of years. Learn to show up on time. Learn to do the remedial task, right? This is not intended to be your permanent solution. Mm -hmm. And if you can avoid having kids outside of wedlock, uh -huh. if you can avoid... Uh, uh, making a mess of your finances and and majoring in something stupid and going into a gang of debt, you can move your way up and you can build relationships and you can progress up the ladder. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable to tell people. Well, like I said earlier, before I cut you off, I'm sorry for cutting you off. I got a little passionate there. It's all good. But the average uh, person making minimum wage is not a teenager. I understand that. So, I mean, but how do I, they end up there, Tim? How do you think? I think do you think people want to stay there? I, I think some people don't plan. And when you don't plan, you, 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 you fail. Personal responsibility. I mean, what's the alternative? So, like the, the man is keeping all of them down? Well, like I said, dude, I mean, a lot of the people who work minimum wage jobs are working in places like inner cities. Uh -huh. They have no access to the kind of resources that uh -huh. folks like you and I, even though we, we have very different backgrounds, but I would say for me, you know, the resources I had access to are very different. Mm -hmm. And I think that we underestimate that it takes networks of people to get people into places. How many millionaires do you know, Tim? Um, probably a few. You know, 85% of America's millionaires are first generation rich. Yes, I'm, I'm well aware Tim, of that. Tim, all the millionaires I know came from poverty like I did. I know, but, but my friend, what I'm trying to explain to you is that, okay. I, I, get, I get, listen, listen, listen. No, listen, what I, I'm trying to say is that, that, that kind of evidence, 
It's for anecdotal. Every, I get it. I get it's it. Not even that. It's outliers. Like it, it doesn't help the broad swath of people who are currently experiencing the things we just talked about. Mm-hmm. They don't have money in their bank account. Mm-hmm. They're trying to survive. The predatory loan industry is mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. The college loan industry is a huge predatory. Federally family. subsidized. Yeah. That's the government trying to help. No, it's the <laughs> it's the companies getting in bed with the government and running the yeah. show, okay? But the government trying to affordable, help. And if we had affordable education, it wouldn't be a thing. But totally. I, I digress. And, 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 and that got inflated after the government started subsidizing these loans, which then created a lot of these systems. Totally. Government trying to help because the the loan... uh, let's the, get the government out. No, let's get the <laughs> let's get the predatory loans out, dude. Let's but get the Fannie government Mae out. Yes, but the government subsidizing it is what led to more predatory stuff. Right. So the so keep the government out. No. So keep the financial loan industry out. Make college affordable. There should be no okay. privatized loan incentive to to uh, for those kids to take out a loan. I think people should figure out a way to pay for their own school. I went to Maricosta. I, you, do you know much of my story? Like, bro, single parent household. Dad was gone. Like poor, like welfare for the first five years we were in America, mm. right? Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I I got a one point one GPA in the seventh grade. All my only saving grace is I had a mother that cared, a single mother that cared, and she worked nights. And I got into a lot of trouble, got arrested at eleven. Mm. I can give you so many examples of kids like me, kids that were almost aborted, friends of mine that. Man, despite all the deck being stacked against them, like we figured it out. And that's great. You know? So, yeah. so all I'm saying is, and this is what I'm saying if we know that, and let's just say selection bias, bro, survivorship bias, let's just say that. And we're just outliers. We're just, we're just outliers. Wouldn't, just logically speaking, wouldn't the approach to be, well, let's, let's pay attention to what the outliers do. Let's pay attention to what the 85% of America's millionaires did to become millionaires. Let's pay attention to what they do. If I know that the, all the people walking around who are shredded with six-packs and they got muscles, they all like chicken and broccoli. And they figured out a way to eat chicken and broccoli. Shouldn't, shouldn't then we consider that maybe it's the chicken and broccoli that helps people get shredded and not all the other things? And yes, there's all kinds of challenges distracting you from eating well. There's all kinds of challenges distracting you from developing skills and figuring it out. Wouldn't we want to study the outliers? And then apply it to the majority? Yes. Maybe everyone's not going to become a millionaire. Maybe everyone's not going to have six-packs Yeah, pack maybe abs. that's not someone's goal. Sure. Maybe, someone just, maybe someone just wants to have a sure. job and get by but and be no happy. One, but no one wants to be fat. No one wants to be unhealthy. No one wants to be broke. Okay. Right? So if we're looking at these people do X, Y, and Z behavior, and they get this result, and these people do X, Y, and Z, and they get this result with their friends— and I want to get that result. Wouldn't I just go and reverse engineer? What, yeah. So essentially, what, what you're saying is like be like be like the person that maybe you don't want to be like. Like maybe someone doesn't want to be in the gym all day. Do they have a right to no, have no, access no. to affordable food and healthy the, food? No, I'm not saying. I think we're talking past each other. I'm not really uh, following yeah, well, here. I, yeah, maybe you are. I'm not saying. I'm saying, if someone lived on less than what they make, saved, developed useful skills, was friendly and likable, extended their network, tried to solve people's problems, and those are the those are the variables that we see. Of people who end up becoming successful financially, maybe they don't become millionaires, maybe they don't become millionaires. But those are the attributes, those are the skill sets, those are the characteristics. Yeah, shouldn't we point people to those skill sets? That's I'm, what I'm what saying. I'm trying to say is that many people don't have the option to do what you just described. They can't save the money. Okay. They can't find the job that can give them an affordable wage. Okay. They can't find the food that is affordable that doesn't also kill them. I'm just saying for a lot of people, those aren't options given. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. And I'm, what I'm trying to say is that ultimately, I think that we as a collective society and uh-huh. as a government have an obligation to do what we can to promote those people's well-being and to give them better access let me, to resources. Let me ask resources. you this. If, if, if those many people, which I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like that, fair enough. If those same people 
also on average consume 30 hours of entertainment a week, right? Okay. Where does the personal responsibility come in? Does it ever come in? Like, yes, many, fair, fair enough. Okay, there's people that they don't have the same access, same opportunity. They don't know how to make opportunity. They don't got the, they don't got the chip on their shoulder to, to, to figure it out. They don't got that fire in them. Okay. Yet, they all have smartphones. They're all on TikTok. They, they, they all spend exorbitant amounts of time watching Netflix and, and, and YouTube passively. Okay. Do we never pay? Average American watch 30 hours of TV a week. That's a part-time job. Boy, I mean, it just seems it's very interesting to be like, okay, you watch too much TV, so like this systemic poverty that you're in is your fault. I, I, I'm trying to understand like what the no, connection the, the, is the, to that. The like, lack of stewardship with your time, talent, and treasure may be what's causing your poverty. I mean, they're definitely listen. I'm I'm not trying to draw a blanket like, hey, it's all this for all that. I'm mm -hmm. sure there are people who maybe have. Okay, I'll give you an example. My dad, I grew up in construction, blue collar, right. We've had a lot of guys that we gave jobs to, mm -hmm. right? A lot. Mm -hmm. Usually white dudes, you know, mid-20s. Mm -hmm. And like, they just weren't good workers. Like, they didn't want to show up on time. Mm -hmm. they, they didn't want to take care of, uh, take advantage of the opportunity given to them, yes. right? Yes. Fair. Like, yes. dude, we're giving you, it was a good wage. Like, it, was a, it was a fair wage. It wasn't minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Like, for the time, it, it was good, you know? Mm -hmm. And also, my, my dad wanted a good worker. He wasn't a hard boss to work mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. And what would they do? Meh, I'm not going to show up today. I totally get that. What percentage of people... Do you think are like that? I have no idea, okay. dude. Do you think more people are like that or more people are, I'm going to go above and beyond and crush it as, as your dad's employee? I, th I wait, I'm sorry. What are you asking? Say it more time. It's been a long conversation. <laughs> I still got, I still had stuff we're going to have to scrap for next time. Do you think, <laughs> do you think most people are like the way you describe in America? In America. I'm not going to show up on time. I'm not going to perform hard. I have a sense of entitlement. Right. And we could say all those things are because of external factors in the system oh. and the man trying to keep them down. Okay. Or do you think most people show up with an amazing attitude, ready to learn new skills and go above and beyond? I think most people are hungry to want to do better. They just don't either have the access to resources to do better or know how to do better. Okay. I mean, like, I, you know, it's I think it's, it's the latter. It's I think know how to do better. I think it's the, I, that's I, an education problem first. It's almost like the money the, thing, right? Like mm -hmm. I've met people who, um, Again, I grew up in small business. So managing money was like something I was taught very early on. Mm -hmm. my, I use my partner because she, she'd be cool with it. When I first met my partner, you know, like I, I was like, oh, how much money is in your bank account? She's like, oh, I have a lot. 80 bucks. I'm like, 80 bucks? Like that is nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was taught a skill on how to manage my money while, while she was not, mm -hmm. right? So could I necessarily fault her for thinking that $80, $80 was a lot of money? No, mm -hmm. right? But I was able to give her part of my contribution to our marriage is that I take care of the money for the family, right? But there are a lot of people who have no one like that mm -hmm. until they're like, even in their maybe either mid or 40s or 50s, sure. never taught how predatory some of these loan oh, yeah. sharks are, right? Yeah. So I'm just trying to make the nuance of like, I don't think it's all like people are just too lazy, but yeah. I do think that there definitely are people out there who yeah. are given opportunity and they squander it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. So, 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 so in that, like, I think the solution, this is just me and you're going to hate this. Okay. The solution for folks who are coming from that category, if they don't know, is not always, but more closer to an Anthony O'Neill or a Dave Ramsey. Like, I think that's a more tenable solution for them in terms of the information's free. You can listen to the podcast free. This is how me and my wife paid off over $100,000 of debt in 18 months by listening to Dave Ramsey every day. We both come from poverty. We're the first ones in either of our families to get college degrees. And that 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 is why I, th I think that the, the information, they don't know how, I think is much more reasonable than saying the government needs well, to do it. Well, just one point I want to make about that because I listen to a lot of Dave Ramsey, a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I, I listened to him for a long time. 
uh, it was not very often uh, you heard someone saying, yeah, I make $20,000 a year and paid off all my college debt. Usually it was like, oh yeah, I'm a doctor now. I make six figures. I make 85, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying like there is, a, there's definitely a barrier to entry mm -hmm. before like you can even afford to even take a pay cut and live off rice and beans to then afford to pay off your sure. debt for a lot of people. Sure. I think that's kind of the problem. And again, I think it's kind of cyclical when it's like when we have a hard time finding Forget minimum wage, just livable wages that are just normal jobs. Uh -huh. I mean, when I was looking for jobs a long time ago, two mm -hmm. years ago during yeah. the pandemic, yeah. it was like, must have master's degree. We'll pay yeah. you $45,000 a yes. year. I'm like, wow. That's, that's crazy. That's, it's hard. So so what's a, what's a, what would you say hourly is like a livable job? I think it has to go by state. You know, like okay. what, what, So what, in California, what would you I say? I don't know. I know in New Jersey, like I did the math one time. It was like 25, 26 bucks an hour, something okay. like that. You okay. know? Yeah. I know. I know right now in California, you can go do a weekend certification or maybe may even less than we make a day certification you can become a phlebotomist and make more than that huh. what's a phlebotomist Again, do what do they uh, do they, they draw blood ah, that's pretty cool a lot of people don't know this though no you see, you see what i'm saying yeah for sure so this is the gap like the gap to me is information it's not always systems i don't think it's like the system i think this i think broken people are going to do what's in their best interest and i think money unfortunately is going to travel up to people that get the money and know how to handle the money by making the product. Yeah. And I think this is just a byproduct of humanity. And I don't think it's something that is honestly fixable. Do you think as Christians, we have an obligation to fight for more equitable systems? I think as Christians, I have an obligation to, if I'm the guy with the five talents, to go above and beyond and care for as many people as I can. Huh, and then I think create economic opportunities for them so then they can do the same. And, and then I think like, the dream would be like, my dream would be like to build a homeboy industries, like to build something where people can go to get certified, to be a barber, to be a plumber. And I, I don't know about you, I know a lot of barbers and plumbers making over a hundred grand a year right oh, now. Oh yeah, plumbers are, I, again, I grew yeah. up in the trades. Yeah. Make I got money. a guy making, I know a guy running two barber, he was a, he was a, uh, he was a pimp. He was a pimp and left the life alone completely. Mm. Went to barber school. Opened a barbershop, opened a second barbershop, about to open a third barbershop, making well into the into the six figures. Wow. And this is not a guy with a college degree. This is not a sure. guy with anything, right? Yeah. And so I I think the the crux of it is that people don't know what they don't know. And I think we need to get more information out. And then I think those of us who can need to go open barbershops and go mm -hmm. open businesses and go and 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 teach, inspire, and also like come work with me. Mm -hmm. You don't know how many, Tim, you don't understand how many people I try to give jobs to, bro. You want to give me one? Yeah, we'll talk, off, we'll talk <laughs> offline. We'll talk offline. No, I'm being serious. Yeah, you don't know sure. how many people for I sure. try to get, get to, to come in, work, and, and how few actually show up. Mm. How few actually show up and are willing to, to not be perfect. Just can you just show up and learn? Sure. Bro. Yeah. People don't like hard work, man. Listen, man, I, I said earlier in this conversation, we don't want to become fundamentalists all over again. I'm, sure. not, I'm, I'm not trying to give a binary answer to complicated solutions. Sure. I think that there definitely are, what you just talked about, yep. I experienced in my own life yep. with, with the construction stuff. You know? Hey, fun fact, this is our longest podcast yet. Dude, I was going to say, we've been going for like four I'm, hours. I'm, I'm at the point four where hours. I'm like, I am just like, where right. am the I? The only other thing. <laughs> are we still the, alive? Jesus. Only other thing I wanted to talk oh, to you about. Don't this you would say be, it. This would be the last thing. Go ahead. Trans. Oh my God. So the only thing I want to show you is, oh is, is check this out. This is the New York Times. In this podcast, we talked about every single hot topic issue going on in culture today. And as you can imagine, we said a lot of things that would get us ethered in the YouTube algorithm and probably violated a couple of community guidelines. So if you're the type of person that wants to see the full 
uncensored four and a half hour long version of this conversation. Sign up on Patreon for as little as $5 a month to get access to all of our podcasts.